0: You know what I'm concerned about? The fact that you're a big, huge nerd, and so is he.
1: And there goes the door again, even though we've told her a hundred times.
0: Lon, and stop coming in here, we're trying to record. No, mother, as a matter of fact, I do not care! Stop! For one second! Never! If you do not stop, I know where you sleep. I will shove your own finger up your butthole. (laughs) So this man and this woman sitting right there, across
1: from room. I'll give
0: you Dirty Sanchez.
1: No! It doesn't need to be in there for fifteen minutes, they're fine! I just picked up a soggy tot and ate it because Aiden didn't let them
0: cook all the way through.
2: I got two opinions on whether they were done or not. They looked fine.
0: They Colo- looked fine.
2: Color-wise, they were fine. So put them back in there. Keep cooking them. Don't interrupt the podcast. Please, thank you. You're welcome. Aiden,
1: you're the funniest human being I've ever known, and you should just do the show by yourself all the time.
0: Why, thank you, but I'm kind of wondering who Mike is and why we're testing him. <laughs>
2: Hey everybody, welcome back to Dead and Married. Now remarried. You can, yeah, remarried. This is <laughs> Now you know some of the struggles that we experience when we're trying to record this podcast. It takes so much longer to record these than it should. You have no idea.
0: To be fair, it's not my fault. I checked the tots. I asked both of you, do the tots look done?
2: Okay, we're moving past the tots. Just let them go. Never. So I'm, I'm Travis. I'm I'm Aiden.
1: And I'm Ashley.
2: <laughs> oh, so this is going to be a flashback for Child's Play.
1: Uh, we originally released this episode November 12th of 2021. And so like we do every week, we're going to sit here and ask, does it still hold up since the last time we talked about it? So I can't talk today. I'm currently sitting with tears in my eyes because of our uh, third wheel
0: here. <laughs> so Hi, I'm the third wheel. <laughs> and apparently I'm the most successful comedian ever. <laughs>
1: So, child's play. Aiden, you want to give us a, a funny anecdote or something?
0: Um, like, you really put me on the spot here, man. <laughs> Weird King Doll. <laughs> I'm not allowed to cuss. It's very, very sad. Um, no, I don't have anything funny. I'm sorry. You've ca- I, it caught me in a slump creatively. <laughs> They're just looking at me and expecting me to talk, so I'm going to keep running my mouth until either I say something funny or they start talking, and I feel like this just isn't going to work.
1: So, okay, 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 okay. How about I start? So, I would still- Why are you looking at me like that? Um, I would still say that this movie's a watch. It's- it's obviously a classic for a reason. I don't enjoy the- the franchise's- a whole I guess because I feel like it's it's such a mixed bag. It had an original great idea and then you know you had something like like Child's Play 2 or even 3. I know that's gonna be a little bit controversial. Mm -hmm. I still enjoy part 3 but I feel like when they ran into that humor element with Bride of Chucky that it kind of was just a steady decline since then and like I'm actually enjoying the tv show. I don't I think I'm probably the only one in this house that has watched it Yeah, you are. But it is still... There's still enough love for me for the original film that it is still... It it does hold up for me. Aiden, how do you feel about it?
0: This is a movie I really love. It's a movie I'm very fond of that I've been watching since I was very young. And... To this day, it doesn't hold the same, I don't know, kind of, sort of scary that it did before. Like, because it wasn't one of those movies where I'm like, gonna have nightmares all night. But I, I guess there were a couple spooky parts. But now it's just one that I laugh at and poke fun at and enjoy watching.
1: Right. Could you? So you're not afraid of dolls anymore?
0: He's different. <laughs> He's the kind of doll where it's like, yeah, I'd pick that up and punt that. Not, I think that thing might be powered by voodoo. I should run. Which is funny because he's like legitimately powered by
2: voodoo. So
1: right. Well, at least in this film, he is.
2: <laughs> yeah. So Aiden, how do you feel about Slappy?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're poking fun at me because I was terrified of this little doll on a Goosebumps book. For was uh, less less now. Uh, the Goosebumps illustration sadly does not hold up, but I was terrified of that book for a very long time so much so that if you've ever watched friends and you know the scene of joey putting the book in the freezer because (laughs) it scares him that was that was my thing except it was more so i'm going to bury it as deep as i can in my room and
1: there was dead silence too that ruined you effectively for a few years right that
0: that movie changed me man (laughs) there's
2: okay to be fair i thought that movie was pretty creepy too
1: i'm i'm not afraid of dolls like in any form or fashion. And there's been like, okay, so technically, I guess you'd start the possessed doll or I don't even know what you'd call it with the Twilight Zone talking Tina but Mm. up until that point there hadn't really been much doll stuff so I feel like Child's Play really broke the mold in that way because then you had a lot of either tiny villains you know like Leprechaun whatnot. Puppet um, Master. Puppet Master and then you know in more recent years then there's been Annabelle and was it the boy Mm. or whatever so there's been a lot more creepy doll type stuff but I don't
2: forget Toy Story.
1: (laughs) Where the fuck is Andy (laughs) but I feel like child's play was really the one who blazed the trail for that
0: yeah that's fair um, and I will admit, I'm not like super scared of Annabelle, just because much like Chucky, it's the fashion of, I could just pick it up by the hair and punt it. It would probably be pretty funny to watch it fly off.
1: <laughs> but this is also one where I feel like everything that they did at the time, is effects-wise, it still holds up today. Like legitimately, there's still scenes of him crawling up and down counters, that I'm like, how the hell did they do that? Because we know that for several scenes, he was it was a little person in a suit but it was not that was only for certain scenes and so for the others you're like how were they able to accomplish that well, you know without having to see the people that were mechanically mechanicing the puppet and mm-hmm. all that so it really just blows my mind what they were able to do back in 87 i believe it's 87 so it's just wild
0: they made him look very lifelike without having to put a bunch of fancy money or work into well i guess there was probably a lot of work involved but they didn't have to do like any cg or anything They was so right, practical.
1: Mm-hmm. I know that not everything is perfect. Like, obviously, his lips don't sync up with the way he's talking and, and stuff. But I just, man, I haven't heard of any other puppeteers kind of going through film. But I do know that Kevin Yeager did fucking amazing things. Like, between Chucky and the Crypt Keeper, his, his work was just top-notch. And I still feel like it's unparalleled.
0: Your opinions, Father? Y'all forgot I was over here, didn't no, you? No, we
1: didn't. But no. you told me I'm not allowed to look anywhere but at my mic now. No, so,
2: so you're gonna ask me if I think it holds up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure. All right. I'm done.
1: See. See. Father. He's like, don't leave me out. But then he won't contribute either. <laughs> Extrapolate upon
2: so, that opinion. I think it's it's fine. I think that Child's Play is only scary to children. There was not ever a point where I was uh, scared of Chucky. It was a little bit creepy. It, you know, but it wasn't it wasn't a scary movie. I think it, it did lay the groundwork for a lot of stuff that came after. I, I think that all the sequels pretty much fall short. Although the TV series, even though I'm not watching it, is doing fairly well. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're they're we're about to have a second season. So. Um, um,
2: oh. I mean, I know they tried to keep it afloat with uh, Jennifer Tilly, of which I am a fan. But As are
1: we all? You know,
2: <laughs> once they put her in doll form, I'm I'm out. <laughs> I don't her her doll form doesn't do it for me. So even she couldn't save it, which is sad. What? Why does it look? What's it look? I don't
1: have a look. You I'm, have a look. I'm looking at my mic.
2: You have several looks. <laughs>
1: No, I was just thinking that while I don't feel like I'm afraid of Chucky anymore, obviously, I, there's still that first film. It's still, I feel is very um, successful suspense wise. Like there are still a couple of bits that are genuinely creepy. Like even, even after as many times as I've seen it, it's, I still feel like it. That first one did, did it right. You know, Um, the second one, it still has a couple of creepy moments in there, but this this really this first one honestly I I could see the argument that it is still creepy today.
2: Yeah, I mean it's still got some creep factor to it, and it, they've got the well I'm trying to think. I was going to say they got the jump scares down, but they really only do one. Right. And that's when mm. mom finds that he doesn't have batteries.
1: There's there's multiples. And though.
2: he that's the first time you really see him come to life. Right. Because that one made me jump. Right. The mm-hmm. first time I saw it. But. but
1: his head spins around. Yeah. And and one of the things I think that keeps us coming back as it. Well, as a family to this film is that we've got so much nostalgia and stories Pertaining this one particular film as I feel like
0: a lot of people do I uh, once was forced to watch as after my sister Viewed this movie my mother would pick (laughs) her up Up under the armpits and shake her much in the fashion of the movie yelling talk to me or else I'll throw you into the fire and my sister would wail and (laughs) wail and wail (laughs) as my mother shook her needlessly
2: you're full of no. It. We have fun here. <laughs> no. London thought it was hilarious. Yeah,
1: she did. She would play along with it. Like, you know, obviously she's not going to look at me and go, you stupid bitch, you filthy slut or anything. But no, we had a, the last house we lived in, we had a fireplace. So she and I would do that bit. And unfortunately now she's way too heavy for me to pick up and shake like that. But,
2: well, to come back to that, she might say those things to you if you undercook the tots. <laughs>
0: I can neither confirm nor deny (laughs) these claims. Yes, conform. (laughs) Conform. girls no.
2: but one of the, one of the reasons that i think that this movie's scary to kids right it was mm-hmm. specifically uh, if you were a kid in the 80s it's cause, like my brother had a my buddy doll Mine which was ex- it's chucky i uh, know because it didn't have red hair i think his head had brown hair yeah but they, yeah. they were creepy little bastards and i didn't well i did put two and two together until he got his my buddy doll and then we went down to sykes movie land and they had the the vhs box you know on the shelf mm-hmm. of him cutting trying to cut the head off the jack in the box
1: oh yeah I have and i'm like, like that.
2: my brother has that doll <laughs> yeah He's in our house we
1: uh, we had the same thing i think i've told the story on the show before but we had a grocery store that doubled as a video store like kind of like uh oh what's the gas station and clerks quick stop or whatever it had yeah. the video store right next to it same thing but the video store was inside the grocery store and it was the first thing you saw when you walked in and they had one of those huge cardboard cutouts like huge of chucky with the big shears around the jack jack in the box's neck and every time i'd go into that store it would just man my knees would buckle and shake like I was like why would they do that why would they put that where little kids are gonna see that when they walk in the store but same thing my youngest brother Jonathan he was terrified of Chucky and he was presented with a my body buddy my body my buddy doll one Christmas and he ended up cutting all of its hair off and throwing it outside (laughs) and my grandmother was convinced that the doll had the devil in it too
0: a reasonable response if ever I've heard one so
2: was that his version of putting it in the freezer
1: I guess so he cut Cut all the hair off and threw it outside (laughs) I mean I used to cut the hair off of dolls too but it was usually because maybe I wanted Malibu Barbie but I didn't get her and Robin got her instead so I cut all of her hair off out of spite
0: (laughs) you weirdo that why you know what I I shouldn't
1: Oh my gosh, but this is also one that if nothing else as a parent, because I hate that trope where the kid tries to tell you this thing is going on and the parents are like, come on, like get your ass back to bed. I don't believe a word that you say. At
0: least out of experience, if I woke my parents up one night and was like, hey, like there's something in my room and it's alive, they would probably believe me at least a little bit. Enough to get the gun, I'm sure.
1: Dad would go full on Mayberry (laughs) and. there and like grab his gun like a what
0: a noise and then go to
1: investigate
2: wow (laughs) the lack of respect (laughs) that's unbelievable (laughs) it'd be more like terminator but no, I just I never did understand that cuz I mean if I if if one of y'all came in the room at, in the middle of the night clearly scared was like hey there's something in my room one of us is going to go check it out Absolutely. and by one of us I mean your mother's going to wake me up and tell <laughs> me to go check it out
0: yeah I mean <laughs> plus I would assume that one of you would have the logic that if one of my sisters had been thrown out a window and there were itty bitty baby footprints that led away from the scene of the crime, you would know that I am wearing socks and therefore I could not have made
2: those. <laughs> well, okay. Two two things. Number one, Andy was wearing footy pajamas, so there was no tread on the bottom of those. Exactly. Right. He would not have le- he would have left just like not quite foot shaped prints, but it wouldn't have been a shoe print like what they saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's number one. And you keep saying my sister gets thrown out. That was not not that lady's sister. That was I just know. her friend.
0: Yeah, that was, but that was the person she babysitting. Was, she
2: was unrelated. And she was to a be real fair, bitch and got
0: what she deserved.
2: She kind of did. And, <laughs> and wow. We don't live in a multi story building, so if someone got thrown out of the window at our house, they would just land on the ground and be like, You dick, why did you push me out the window? <laughs>
1: yeah. Also, I got to ask, what the fuck is going on in Chicago that you have Chucky and Candyman there?
2: I think there's a hell mouth under Chicago.
1: <laughs> Must
0: be. It's, there are But at
2: least questions. it's not Detroit. At
0: least it's not Detroit.
1: We're not Detroit.
0: We're not Detroit. <laughs> I know we're making this joke, but that was Cleveland, not Chicago. I would like to make that very clear.
2: But at uh, least it's not Cleveland?
0: No, no, no. That
1: the it was the a, song's about Cleveland, and yeah. at the end they're saying at least we're not Detroit. Yeah.
0: If you read the descriptions under those videos, it's hilarious, because it's like, yeah, after I made the last one, half of the people we had in our uh, city council left.
2: So I would like <laughs> to amend that through my own work experience and say, it's bad, but at least it's not Arlington.
1: Yeah. Oof. <laughs> So all that being said, I think I think we can all agree here that it's a film that anytime it get, it's put on, we're going to watch it. Yeah. If if I'm watching it, Aiden will probably come in there, you know, if if nothing else, to be like, ugly doll, fuck you, you know, and walk out. <laughs> you know, Isabel is one of her favorite movies. I think we had her on for like a tiny little bit in the original episode and uh, she still loves the film. Aiden, what were you saying about Horrible Parents?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. The shaking of the child. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> I mean, you guys watching it at all?
0: <laughs> no. Um. You know what? At least, at least now we've become mostly desensitized to this. That might be more the internet's work than yours. I hate to say it. Okay.
1: But I, I'm glad it's something that we have all these years later. That you guys have kind of grown up with. It's you in. <sighs> As you guys get older, there's not a whole lot of things that we have in common, you know, that we we genuinely want to do with each other. Uh, you know, you whether you've got school or D&D or, I don't know, two girls fighting over you. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> you know, London's got athletics and in various after school programs. And it's just hard finding something where we can all get together and have a laugh or riff on it. And I'm I'm glad that this is one of those things that has stood the test of time for us yeah so for me it's it's still an absolute watch it if you've never seen it
0: absolute banger of a movie should watch a
2: banger of a movie don't yeah. question it wow you' I don't understand that reference anyway <laughs> your kids and your words that don't mean anything
1: you're bugging street slang.
2: stop it <laughs> oh my god didn't didn't your Wait. parents
0: say the same thing to you when you started saying words like yo
2: I i didn't oh no 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 no. you have to understand
1: yeah i was gonna say with us it was awesome and dude and And
2: watch ninja turtles that's basically right bunga dude (laughs) yeah yeah no i think it's it's still a good movie it's still worth watching um it's not again it's not something that's gonna be probably scary to an adult but still entertaining so i give it a watch yeah it's it's aiden do you disagree that it would be scary to an adult
0: yeah i would argue that to a certain john stamos this movie would be terrifying
2: You'll have to explain that later.
0: Yeah. We
1: will leave you guys to Google that. (laughs) But anyway, on that note, please enjoy the original episode of Child's Play, and we'll see you next week with...
0: Something else.
1: Tales from the Hood, I believe. Sick.
0: I will not be there for that one.
1: (laughs) Take care, guys.
2: Bye. Bye.
0: Booty, booty, booty.
1: That was mean. Ow!
2: Warning. The following show features spoilers and opinions performed either by professionals or under the supervision of professionals. Accordingly, Dead and Married and the producers must insist that no one attempt to recreate or reenact any opinion or fuckery performed on this show.
0: Give me the power I beg of you!
2: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dead and Married. I'm your host, Travis.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Ashley.
2: And this week, we're going to talk about the 1988 film, Child's Play, directed by Tom Holland, written by Don Mancini, uh, John Laffia, and Tom Holland. Now, Don Mancini had the concept for the story and is credited as a part of the screenplay. John Laffia and Tom Holland are only credited for screenplays, so this was a Don Mancini more or less his his total idea, and according to an interview he did with Mental Floss, it was, it was inspired by a ton of things. Uh, the effect of advertising on children. His his dad was an advertising exec. He took inspiration from Cabbage Patch Kids, Trilogy of Terror, Magic, Poltergeist, Freddy Krueger of course. You can see that influence. Have you
1: ever seen Trilogy of Terror?
2: I have not. I have no idea what it is.
1: Oh my gosh. I gotta show you that movie.
2: He was also influenced by Twilight Zone episode Mm, called mm -hmm. Living Doll. I've never seen that one. One of the producers, David Kirshner, also said that he wanted to make a film about a killer doll after he read a book called The Dollhouse Murders. I've never heard of that one before. Mm -mm. And then and the director, Tom Holland, also confirmed that the My Buddy dolls played a role in Chucky's design. Now, my little brother had a My Buddy so doll. So did mine. And they were creepy as hell. Oh, yeah. They just weren't like this. So if you weren't old <laughs> enough to remember the My Buddy dolls... I still heard the jingle in my head. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can too, sort of. Um, they didn't... It was just a doll. It was just a... It was about a two-foot tall, mm-hmm. little boy looking doll. Yeah. Um, had like, a bowl haircut. Yeah, it didn't... It had a mo <laughs> <laughs> Had a mo haircut. But it didn't talk it didn't really do anything. It was, it was more or less a stuffed animal. So it's like they took that doll and Teddy Ruxpin and smashed them together. Because I thought Teddy... I never had a Teddy Ruxpin. I, I did. But I thought they were creepy as hell. Oh, yeah. Because that's the one where the eyes blinked and it would talk to you. Yeah. I didn't like them. I
1: had one when I was probably, I don't know, six, five maybe. And um, it got... The only part it got to be really bad is if something happened to the cassette tapes, you know, because that happens. And the tape you know, started coming out or whatever. It made, you you know how uh, cassette tape sounded whenever they jacked up. So imagine that... But coming out of this teddy bear just got really creepy. But then, and I know I've brought this up on more than one occasion, but being in a Latino household, my granny also thought that my son, my son, sorry about that, my little brother had a my buddy and she was convinced that it was evil. So, I mean, we're, we're talking about the same person that thought The Exorcist was a documentary and that if you watched it, you could get possessed. So my little brother, I think eventually he ended up cutting all the hair off of the doll. And he, too, at one one point got convinced that his doll was alive and he was like always beating up on it and stuff like i don't know where you get these people
2: (laughs) that's weird you've never told me that story before yeah
1: sorry (laughs) guys i just want to take time out too in case you haven't noticed i am a little hoarse this week insert horsey noises here but um yeah just bear with me i'm gonna try to get through this show must go on and all that so uh travis will
2: be your fearless leader today even though he's not
1: particularly doing well himself.
2: You ever seen that? It's an internet, it's a meme, and it's like this, this really, we'll say, big boned kid wearing like some kind of weird clothes and says, Welcome to the internet and I'll be your okay, guide. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. <laughs> I'll be your guide. I don't know where we're going, but <laughs> we're going somewhere. So critically, It's, I don't want to say it's a 50-50 split. It's a little on the high side of halfway. On IMDb, it's a 6.6 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, it's a 71%. And Metacritic, it's a 58. Mm -hmm. So I didn't put this, I looked at it, I didn't write it down in my notes, but I want to say that this one opened and it stayed at number one in terms of box office release the weekend that it was released and then the weekend after. But it had a lot of competition the year that it came out. Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out, Coming to America, Good Morning Vietnam, Not Merrileon Street 4. It it had a lot of competition in 1988. Mm Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm pretty sure I talked about this movie when we did the review on Halloween 4 because it came out this year. Right, right. So, Child's Play performed quite a bit better, though. If you look at the top 100 or so movies that came out in 1988, Child's Play was ranked number 34. Halloween 4 is ranked number 57. So, it did perform quite a lot better. But, having said that, some of the reviews, David Kerr with the Chicago Tribune said that the filmmakers seem more than aware of the logical and dramatic deficiencies of their material and so they flee to that last refuge of movie scoundrels self-conscious campiness Oof. this movie's not without its camp it's got a little bit
1: I... Yeah, but the, I don't know. I My opinion of this series is kind of up and down as a whole. Um, I think that this first movie is the only one that of the entire series that's genuinely scary. Um, I know you probably don't agree with me on that. Part two has its moments too, like the giant doll hedge maze. That's, that's pretty fucking creepy too, but this one was the only one that I watched. And after you, you know, when it rolls credits, I left feeling kind of like, and I was actually scared of Chucky for a lot of years.
2: Yeah, there's I don't find anything about these movies, any of these movies scary. But mm-hmm. I think it's because I I came to these movies late in life. Yeah. I didn't I don't think I watched any of them until I you and I got together. So there's nothing scary about it for me.
1: Yeah. I now, having that.
2: said that, if I'd watched it when I was a kid, mm. especially living at home with a little brother having that My Buddy doll, I could see this scaring a kid. Well, okay, so... Not our kids. Our kids <laughs> think Chucky's hilarious. Oh, yeah, they love
1: him. But think think about it like this, okay? So this was the thing that I always did when I was a kid. I, I know, of course, you didn't watch them, but you still would go into a video store, and eventually you would end up in or around the horror section. Was this ever one that you saw the box for and you were like what the fuck is that no because i remember one of our video stores they had like a giant display when part two was coming out and it was big cardboard cutout of the box art for part two of a chucky holding the giant shears um looking to cut off the head of this jack-in-the-box and i like legit because this was our grocery store our grocery store did movie rentals too so you had to go in there and you had to see it because it was fairly close to the entrance so it was one of those things that when i walked in and i saw it it would just scare the living shit out of me and i thought why would anybody put that you know right there where little kids can see it let me
2: ask you a question (laughs) who was the clerk at the counter randall and and dante did did randall rent you those movies because it sounds an awful lot like you're describing the store from clerks (laughs) right Wow. maybe it's because he wasn't even supposed That's to come crazy. into that day i never really saw the box art on that stuff because the town we lived in we had one video store and all the horror movies were on one right row mm-hmm. and they were kind of in the back because we're, we lived in a very baptist community so they had those just for like the three people in town that came in and rented them but i, I don't know we just never i never saw them
1: well i come from snyder texas and we don't give a fuck there apparently
2: i yeah. <laughs> so- still don't so, so, reviews kind of on the other end of the spectrum. Kevin Thomas with the LA Times described it as scary, yet darkly funny. This thriller of the supernatural from the director of the terrific Fright Night moves with the speed of a bullet train and with style to burn. So, got a negative, and we got a positive. Yeah. And that pretty well describes it, the, the ratings or the metrics that you see overall. The one that really surprised me, Roger Ebert gave the film three out of four stars, calling it a cheerfully, cheerfully I can't use my words today, energetic horror film.
1: Well, imagine that's because he actually opened oh. it brain up and like saw the satire in it because that's what this movie is at its
2: core yeah i agree unfortunately there were a lot of viewers that were both unwilling to see the satire and unwilling to open their mind and actually view this movie because when it opened it had some drama initially it received negative reviews after the rough cut was shown to audiences because they didn't like the voice that they'd used then i can talk about that here in a minute but parents initially did not like this movie As a matter of fact, there were, during the initial release, a large crowd of protesters uh, gathered up at the gate of MGM calling for a ban on the film because they thought it would incite violence in children. Of course. It even drew uh, local news reporters from two TV stations, and they were broadcasting live. The producer, David Kirshner, was watching it on TV and got worried. So they sent Jeffrey Hilton, who had been working in Kirshner's office, to go down there and handle it. And nobody knows what he actually said, but he went down there, talked to him for a little bit, they shook hands, and everybody went away, which pissed the news people off because, you know, they needed their daily dose of Drama for the evening news. Right. But that wasn't the last time that it would come up. After Child's Play 3 was released, it was cited as the inspiration for two murders in the UK. And Tom Holland responded to that <laughs> accusation, defending the film, stating that viewers of horror movies could be influenced by their content only if they were unbalanced to begin with.
1: I agree with that entirely.
2: I've never agreed with that argument that violence in the media or video games no. causes violence in the real world. Usually what I ask people is, which which Call of Duty game was it you think drove Hitler over the edge? And, right. they're like, and they look at me and they're like, well, they didn't have xbox back then exactly crazy people can do crazy shit regardless of video games or movies or whatever crazy people do crazy shit
1: i remember this interview i was watching with joe bob briggs once where he said horror movies aren't going to affect me they're going to affect all those other people all those ugly people (laughs) who can't watch or don't know how to watch a movie (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but it there there was some drama there. Um, everything from what it was initially going to be named, they they were going to call it "Batteries Not Included." Of course, there was a movie made the same year, so they had to change it. A really great they, movie, by the way. Yeah, but is it that, okay? That's, so that's one with the, one the, one with the, little... the little floating robot. Spaceship. Yeah, mats. the
1: little flying saucer, little guys like helping out old people. Yeah, or something. I believe that's a Spielberg movie. I, think I watched that when I was a kid. Yeah, I love that movie. So they
2: changed it to Blood Buddy, and then they had to change it after that when they discovered that uh, I guess Sidney Lumet, I don't know who that is, made a movie in a horror film in 1972 by the same name, and eventually it landed it as Child's Play. Uh huh. So originally the story was going to be that I guess the doll bled if you played with it too rough, and it was going to have a normal computer mm-hmm. voice. They didn't like any of that, so they changed it, and Jessica Walter. A initially voiced Chucky in uh-huh. this on the basis that Mercedes McCambridge did Pazuzu in the exorcist i guess they thought she did a good job there which uh-huh. i'm not sh- i'm not familiar with that
1: she went through a lot to voice pazuzu if i remember right she was a recovering alcoholic but she purposely broke that and i believe she talked to a pastor her, I don't know if it was her pastor or sponsor or something like that. Basically, getting the okay for her to do that. And she drank, and she drank raw eggs and smoked a bunch in order to get that voice for Pazuzu. So the lady was clearly a method.
2: Wow. I'm gonna hand in all your chips for a movie. That's crazy.
1: I mean, look what it's become. But well, I mean, I that's not to say that once the movie was over, she didn't get right back on the wagon,
2: yeah. you know? Yeah, that's true. But apparently they filmed I guess most of it. I couldn't find find a specific percentage or whatever that they'd filmed with Jessica Walter as the voice for Chucky. But again, during those initial screenings, everybody hated it. Seems
1: like I heard some kind of footage of that before. So,
2: well, apparently you can't find it anymore. Mm. But I guess after the initial screenings, when it went poorly, uh, Brad Dorff, who had been originally tied up with another project and was unable for hire, was available then. Uh So they hired him and he redubbed all of it. Now, before that, their very first choice was John Lithgow. And I'm (laughs) trying to imagine Lord Farquaad's (laughs) voice coming out of Chucky.
1: I just, I mean, don't get me wrong. John, I'm, I'm currently re Dexter right now, and the dude has the capability of being scary as hell he really does but I I don't know him mainly as being an antagonist and stuff he's always you know the dad or he's always comedic or whatever that that's why uh when he was in Dexter it was such a shock but even so I I don't know I just all I see is Lord Farquaad I guess
2: some of you may die but it's a sacrifice I am willing to make yeah that or the dad from Harry and the Hendersons right yeah Uh I I just don't I can't put those two things together together in my mind. John Lithgow's voice and Chucky. I just can't. Yeah, no. Can't do it. Even as Charles Lee Ray. Even if he had just done Charles Lee Ray and they'd gotten a different actor to voice Chucky, I still couldn't. I just, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But the only other really interesting thing I found, I mean, there was more drama, but I'm not going to get into all that, was that Mancini never entered the set during production. He had minimal involvement once they started because of the Writers Guild strike in
1: 1988.
2: Oh, wow. So I guess they got it done and got started, and then that happened?
1: I know that there they was. didn't give a
2: specific timeline, but apparently it was happening while they were filming, so he couldn't go on set.
1: I know that there was some drama as far as you know he, yeah he had had a certain amount of the script written and then um Tom Holland and John Lafia they went kind kind of went behind his back and rewrote a bunch of it
2: there were some changes but I don't know if I was made senior I wouldn't want him in there either cuz they filmed this the Brewster apartments in Chicago um which apparently that's the Brewster Apartments are a landmark at the Diversity Parkway and Pine Grove Avenue, and that's the apartment where Andy and Karen live in this, in this film. All the on-location filming was done in the wintertime, and they said that the wind chill was as low as minus 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, wow. So they had to rent rooms and park running station wagons near where they were shooting so people could jump in there and warm up. Well, you can definitely see it throughout the film. It looks cold. Well, you know, this is the second movie we've done that takes place in Chicago. I wonder how close this location was to Cabrini-Green where they shot Candyman. Hmm,
1: interesting thought. I don't, yeah, I have no clue. I don't know. We
2: just have to look that There's up. a part of the movie where, you know, the subway scene. Well, it's not right. the subway, the train scene. Uh-huh. Where I was like, I wonder if I recognize anything from the Candyman oh, yeah, in the yeah, background. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know Chicago well enough to do that. Anyway, that's all the fun facts I've got. Anything else we need to cover before we get into it? I believe we're ready to do this thing, hon. All right, let's do it. Something is here! Okay, so before we take off, let's talk about the cast, because I totally skipped that before the spoiler warning. So we've got Katherine Hicks playing Karen Barkley, Chris Sarandon. Woo-woo. In the initial recording, I said Susan Sarandon, but it's not. <laughs> I don't know if there's any relation there. They Chris were married Sarandon. once. They were married once. Okay, Chris Sarandon plays Mike Norris. Alex Vincent plays Andy Barkley. Brad Doriff plays Charles Lee Ray and is the voice of Chucky. And Dina Manoff plays Maggie Peterson.
1: You know, she was a real bitch.
2: She got what she deserved. She totally
1: got what she deserved. <laughs>
2: So we open this film with kind of the, the sort of opening that I typically like in a movie, which is an action sequence. So we open with a foot chase. You just get a guy chasing another guy and they're shooting back and forth. And we really don't know who they are at this point. Right. We assume that the guy doing the chasing is a good guy and that the chase E is the bad guy. And then he's like telling him to stop. So they exchange fire back and forth, and we know it's Charles Lee Ray, sees the van, and he he's trying to get to the van, get away, and they continue to shoot at each other, and then the, the worst of all things happens. The <laughs> cop shoots him in the
0: ass.
1: <laughs> it right in the ass. Right in the
2: left cheek. <laughs> and this is a scene that I actually I kind of like because as the, the getaway driver, Eddie, sees the cop car come around the corner. He takes off and leaves him. And it's I mean, Brad, wouldn't you? I would. And it's Braddorf's <laughs> voice. Eddie, don't leave me. God, no. <laughs> and it's just, what kills me about that is the range of his voice. His voice goes to places that you wouldn't expect. Right. Right? It's not... I think he he's completely
1: underrated as an actor. I really do.
2: He doesn't have a consistent tone. I don't know. Maybe it's just me imagining things, but he can be very guttural. He can get uh-huh. real high pitched. He can also know. I'm
1: thinking of typically uh, you
2: think of vocal range in terms of singers, but he's got a huge vocal range as an actor. Well,
1: I'm me. thinking of even is it wor- Wormtongue? Tongue and that's his name in Lord yes. of the Rings? Even then his voice is completely different in, in those films because it's very it's very just low and quiet almost. Like I don't remember him just getting really over the the top maybe until his demise and um at in um the two towers but yeah he was just completely different
2: you know it's chucky but he doesn't sound like chucky
1: right yeah,
2: but I don't know. Maybe that's just me being a fanboy or whatever. Even though I'm not really a fanboy of these movies, honestly, these are these. None of the child's play movies are my really my favorites. Uh, if I was gonna pick one, I'd pick Bride of Chucky.
1: I was gonna say until they get to the Jennifer Tilly entries, then they all become your movies, right? That's really just that one. <laughs> well, C to Chucky. I,
2: I don't have any interest. She wore
1: in like a tight body con dress for like ninety percent of that film. Yeah. Their boobs hanging out. She's hot though. She's hot though. So you got to admit it though. I can't. I can't fault you for that. Yeah.
2: You. You would ask me for a get out of jail free (laughs) card. But anyway. So they exchange fire. His getaway driver Eddie goes away and he takes shelter sort of an alcove of a toy store and same deal give up whatever argue back and forth we're gonna shoot back and forth and finally he shoots the lockout of the door and goes inside the toy store so now our chase is moved indoors and it's more or less this what you would expect it's the cat and mouse cop chasing bad guy through the store every now and then they see each other they shoot at each other but finally finally our hero sort of catches up with him and he does shoot him but you see a wall of good guy dolls and we get our title card child's play and
1: so, can i just say because that's where it already begins the score for this film. It's really good. Uh, This is one, I mean, if you're thinking about just important horoscopes, core scores throughout time. I wouldn't say that this one is at the top of anybody's list. You know, we always say Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Hellraiser even, but Friday Child's Play, eh, I, I, it doesn't really That's have one a that score. stands That's out. A sound effect, but well, still. it has a score. It's just not one that stands out particularly well. But um, this one, it does have that very creepy doll music, very kind of I'm trying to think of a good phrase for this. Like, murder whimsy i don't know
2: (laughs) i I don't know i just i know that i even asked you does this one have a song and of course you don't really hear it until the end of the movie right at the in the credits yeah but if i heard that outside of this movie i wouldn't know what it was from it it doesn't have the iconic score to me that
1: see if i heard that
2: like pretty sure i'd
1: get chills up over (laughs) you know um is is anybody watching the tv show right now we're not going to give anything away obviously but that was one that i was excited about they brought back score the score from part one part two i think uh either it was either cult or curse but yeah they it's been neat seeing them bring that score back and having that flavor injected in this new series definitely
2: yep really cool i have have enjoyed it so they just i don't know this this scene felt like it it's feels like it goes on for a while, mm-hmm. in the chase through the toy store. But finally, Mike does shoot him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mike, uh, Mike Norris, our, our police officer, he finally shoots him and he goes down. But as he moves forward through the toy store looking, he finally sees blood on the floor. So now he knows that he's hit his target. So now it's just a matter of following the blood back. And as he's tracking him through the store, he finds his coat. And we cut to Brad Dorf, Charles Lee Ray... He's kind of staggering through there, and he appears to be mortally wounded. Right, yeah. He's hurt bad now. This is not a Forrest uh, Gump, bullet-wounded <laughs> ass thing. This is some serious business. No,
1: here. he he says, oh, God, I'm dying. Like yes. he, he outright acknowledges yeah, he, it.
2: He understands what's about to happen. And then he starts saying... I gotta find somebody. Yeah,
1: the first time I watched and that, I'm pretty I was sure like,
2: there's a Kings of Leon song that goes kind of like that. <laughs> you mean use <you>, somebody? <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's the same. It amounts to the same thing. But
1: I like that song.
2: <laughs> he he yells across the store. I'm gonna get you, and I'm gonna get Eddie, no matter what.
1: I know. And okay, so maybe he is chewing the scenery just a little bit there, because he's very like his face gets all tight. Pretty sure all the veins are popping out of his face, and he's no matter what. So, but I don't care. He he can chew all the scenery for all I care, so. It works in this movie. Yeah.
2: And honestly, we get him on screen for what? 10 minutes, maybe?
1: Maybe, the First yeah.
2: seven minutes of the movie, and yeah. then you never see him again. So chew it up all you want. <laughs> so he continues to make his way through the store, and, and he just keeps repeating it over and over again. Gotta find somebody, gotta find somebody. Mm-hmm. And Mike is trying to catch up to him, uh, and he comes across these good guy dolls. And it's not what he's looking for necessarily, but he sort of stumbles and the pile kind of collapses forward on him. Yeah, and he does kind of... see sort of the light bulb come on. Yeah, I was going to say, he does
1: sort of get this look on his face like, I hadn't thought of that. But... Like, who would suspect that?
2: We know it. Right. But if you're watching this for the first time, you're like, what's he fixing to do to that doll? What's this movie rated? <laughs> you, you, that just sounded so bad, the way he said, oh, what are you about to do to this doll? I'm telling you. Because, I mean, if you see the look on his face when he looks in through the little cellophane window and like sees that doll. Like he wants his cocktail fruit? Oh, man. <laughs>
1: Naughty jungle of love, 666. It is. And
2: then he drags the doll out. And this is something I don't understand. He's got blood all over his hands. And this will be relevant later. But he brings the doll out and he starts to chant. And this is, to me, this is one of the iconic things about this movie. I'm not going to try to repeat the chant. Oh, no. But... Cause I couldn't do it justice, but as he he continues to chant, you get lightning flashing and loud thunder. Uh, Norris Mike is, is trying to track him through there. Only now, here's the thing: I wouldn't still, I wouldn't still be following him. You don't think if so? If I hear him chanting in a dark toy store, and all of a sudden a storm comes up that wasn't there before, I'm probably just gonna be like, you know what? He got away.
1: <laughs> you know, you look like you're busy. I'm gonna come back later.
2: <laughs> so. He continues and then it, I guess he finishes up <laughs> because lightning comes down through one of the skylights and it blows the toy store up. Yeah. I don't know how lightning striking a pile of good guy dolls causes an entire storefront to blow out, but it does.
1: It's very die hard, wasn't it?
2: It is. It's a very Michael Bay moment.
1: Yeah, you became a motherfucker. What's
2: even What's even weirder <laughs> is that Mike Norris was in the toy store when this happened, and he just gets up and walks off. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure he should have caught Barbie shrapnel or something. He should have a GI Joe sticking out of his forehead. <laughs> he shouldn't have just like walked away with some soot on his face.
1: Well, but. let me tell you something about Chris Sarandon, okay? He's a a badass. He's Jerry from Fright Night. Oh, you're so cool, Brewster. He's Jack Skellington from Nightmare Before Christmas, and he's also the Reverend from Tales from the Crypt for of Blood. Like, I've never seen this dude in something that even if he wasn't just a little bit slightly unhinged or a cartoon character even, he's always badass. So you know what? He probably took a G.I. Joe to the forehead or butt crack or whatever and just ripped that thing out, threw it down, and kept on going. That That's my opinion.
2: Okay, you're alone. so (laughs) so mike goes to this this tore up toy store now until he finds the body of charles lee ray and that's pretty much it we zoom in on mm-hmm. the doll's face, and see, we think...
1: You know some things amiss there. What a short
2: fucking movie. <laughs> Roll credits. But it's not over, because we got, we cut straight to a happy birthday banner hanging over a window. We pan down to a couple of gifts, and you can hear TV running in the background. It sounds like a kid's show. And kind of just pans across the living room with little boys' toys, or just toys in general, kind of laying everywhere. And then we get the TV, and you see the good guy cartoon. It looks pretty much like GoBots Care Bears. Because <laughs> right? he's coming down on a ladder out of a higher It does give sure off Care Bears vibes. Care Bears rip off. But anyway, and this is where we're introduced to Andy Barkley. And he's like, I've already seen this one, which I never <laughs> did when I was a kid. I was happy to watch cartoons no matter what. I so, had,
1: like, even at six years old, I had favorites. So if I had, like, my thing was Looney Tunes back in the day. So if I had is one. That before
2: Looney Tunes got canceled.
1: <laughs> if I had one come up that I had seen, you know, fifty times before, like for instance, the uh, the one where Bugs Bunny goes to Transylvania, love that fucking episode. Doesn't matter how many times it comes on, I watch it every time. So yeah, I never. I don't think I ever did.
2: See, I was always I, I saw of this one. <laughs> Road Runner and Coyote.
1: Yeah, that too. Morning. What was the, the? Oh my gosh, it was like the sheepdog and the. What was the other guy? He was
2: still a coyote. Was it a I coyote? Think he was supposed to be a wolf, but yeah,
1: like morning Sam, morning whatever. Ralph. Ralph. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I could watch those like a thousand times. So he just seems. This seems like the attitude one of our kids would have. Like it's okay. I've seen this one already.
2: <laughs> yeah, never happened. No, never. So Andy's making breakfast. And it's weird because he's making breakfast and I guess it's his birthday. Uh-huh. I mean, the good guy rap on the, on the presents kind of gives it away, but this kid's terrible at making breakfast. He puts like an entire box <laughs> of cereal in the bowl and then he dumps half a gallon of milk sort of in the bowl, mostly on the counter and on the floor and puts it on a tray and puts like a half a cup of sugar in <laughs> what appears to be, um... Uh, Tricks cereal, right? It's so really It's, it's, looks all, like, it's Tricks, like 98% yeah. sugar already. Yeah. And then he goes okay, back you didn't to the do TV that? and it looks like you get this, like, you didn't good put sugar guy. on top of your sugar? I put sugar on Frosted Flakes. Thank you very much. But that's not I put not the sugar point, on everything. Because the last thing Frosted Flakes <laughs> needed was more damn sugar. <laughs> but he hears a commercial come on and you get the big good guy, basically a Barney good guy, right? Big person in a suit. With giant head. And with a giant head. Yeah. And they're talking about the good guy dolls that are coming out that can do all this stuff. And something's burning. So he has to go back and get the toast that he put in there. And he just snatches it up out of there. And this shit's charcoal, all right? Yeah. It's, it's burnt beyond all recognition of ever having been bred. Yeah. And he just snatches it out of there. That shit would have been hot. Yeah. Like hot. He picks it up, carries it across the kitchen, throws it on a plate. I just don't buy that. <laughs> like I think he would have just left it in the toaster. He would have touched it and be like shit that's hot and left it there.
1: I mean, I still do that, so.
2: You still leave in the toaster, I know.
1: No, I mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean like if I pull toast out, I'll still be like ow 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 ow.
2: Yeah. Even though, you know, I'm almost kid. 40. But it's okay. He cools it off with about half a tub of country <laughs> crock. He Facts. just spoons it out of there, and just plops it right on top. So he gets it all on a tray and starts carrying it to his mom's room. Now you really love this scene.
1: Okay, yes. But to me,
2: it's just infuriating. The kid is leaving a trail of destruction everywhere he goes.
1: Okay, look, I have to interject here. Yes, the control freak part of me is like, oh my God, I'm going to have to clean this shit up. So yes, but I'm in reality, I'm actually the type of parent that watching this and if it had been say our youngest who did it you probably would have gotten mad you'd be like oh my god look what you're doing but I'm not that parent and I can't do that I would be like oh my god look what you did for me and that's the kind of parent that I am so even watching this like it might actually be my favorite shot in of the cinematography in this film is that we're we're over or over his feet and as he's like doing his little pitter-patter across the floor you've got like this little trail of milk that's following him and I have no idea why but that is probably my favorite shot of the movie I just think it's 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 very well done. It's very well executed. And it's so fucking adorable. I like, I, I can't help it. It makes my heart hurt a little bit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also going to take the time to say Alex Vincent in this part did such an amazing job. Um Not only is he completely adorable, but he's also very believable, I feel, in this, in this role. You get a lot of child actors that, they kinda of flub it up, you know, to say don't work with uh don't work with children, don't work with dogs. But every once in a while you get one of those great child performances and as an adult I'd say eh, his craft didn't follow him. But definitely as a child in these first two movies, he really did an amazing job.
2: Yeah. The kids got a few scenes in here, but he did a really, really good job. Now whether or not that's just talent on his part or because he was antagonized, I, I don't know. But I <laughs> we'll get him. there. I believe him being a little kid. So he manages to stagger his way down the hallway and leave this trail of destruction <laughs> into mom's bedroom. And mom's still asleep. She's and doing like, that
1: depressed sleeping, she's too. Doing,
2: she's doing some hard sleep.
1: Man, I know that sleep. I I do that sleep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so he's like waking his mom up, he crawls up in bed, jumping on top of her, shaking her. And we've both lived that life. Oh, yeah. And she asks him what time it is. And it's 630. Now, I just want to point out in this segment that she's talking about it being 630 in the morning. And it's clearly full daylight. It looks like
1: high fucking noon
2: out there. Like, this is winter in Chicago, and it looks like, yeah, noon here. Yeah. Like, that is some bright sunlight coming through the window.
1: Yeah. Not at 630, no way.
2: I mean, they couldn't have made it more believable. I don't know. Like, still a little dark outside? I don't know, but... Kid throws the blinds open, which is something that our kids would do. It's blinds a beautiful
1: mom. day outside. And it's a beautiful day outside. It's so, it's so fucking cute. I can't take it.
2: Yeah. So they, they talk for a minute. She gives him tummy gummies. And yeah. Those are fun. He made her breakfast. Yeah. Which she doesn't want to eat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> But she handled it the way I feel like I would have handled it, like, I'm going to eat this just a little bit later, okay? Yeah,
2: well, by the time he made it from the kitchen to the bedroom, sort of the cereal with the milk and the sugar, the toast with the half pound of butter, and the orange (laughs) juice have all become one singular food on the plate.
1: It's become a biological experiment at this point.
2: There's something growing in it by now. (laughs) It looks awful. But she offers, why don't I just eat this a little bit later after she picks up a piece of toast and this giant (laughs) piece of butter falls (laughs) off of it? So, in typical kid fashion, after he goes in there and rudely wakes the parent up that's trying to sleep on their day off, he wants to know, can we open presents now? She says, okay. So, he goes running in there. Of course, being a child, he grabs the big box first. Mom tries to get him to start with the small one first because now, as parents, we know there's nothing he's going to like in the big box if she wants him to open the small one first. So, he opens the big one, and what does he find? Clothes. She bought him clothes. Yeah. What a hateful thing to do.
1: It's a girl... I was always happy to get clothes. Our girls are happy to get clothes. But I could see a little boy being like, the fuck is this shit? Right. You know, <laughs> like, this is not what I wanted. Bitch, you know what I want?
2: Yeah. And then she even has the nerve to ask him, what's the matter? Like, is this your first birthday, lady? <laughs> it looks like you've had this kid for five or six years now. You should know by now what's the matter if you give the kid clothes for his birthday. Yeah. So she asked him, do you want some toys? And, of course, the toys are in the little box. And she bought him a good guy tool chest. Yeah. Which comes with real tools in it. I mean, later we're going to find out it had a real damn hammer in there. I don't know why you put real tools in a kid's thing.
1: They uh, were wild in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, they
2: did something. <laughs> hey, so. okay,
1: you remember our toys, what our toys was like, were like,
2: right? Like, I had Green Army men and Hot Wheels.
1: Okay, but think about even just those Hot Wheels, for example. They were made, like, out of real fucking metal. They could really hurt
2: somebody when yes. fired out of a slingshot.
1: Yes, you I'm could really saying. hurt people with the stuff. Th- I mean, oh my gosh, I can't think of anything specific right at the moment but it just seemed like all of our toys you know there's a big deal being made about lead paint or whatever and yeah they people didn't straight give a fuck about us when we were kids that's because
2: lead paint builds character (laughs) so half guns yeah Yeah. half guns shit was dangerous it was so from the apartment we moved to a department store and apparently this is where karen works looks like she's working at the jewelry counter and the friend uh maggie played by nina manoff comes running up and she's like hey you know that doll you wanted for your kid there's a guy in the alleyway and he's totally got one and you should come buy it right now (laughs) well that's all well and good but you really want to be going and buying shit from a guy in the alley i don't know and even she's got a reservation. She's like, I I'm the only one working the counter. I can't just leave. There's nobody else here. And she's like, Do you want it or not? Because clearly we're talking about buying crack, not toys. <laughs> so so they go, they just grab their shit, leave the jewelry counter unattended, and run out in the alley to buy this doll off of a homeless guy. And I I just no, no. <laughs> And you know, the first thing I noticed about this doll, like the only reason it's coming up now, and even if you're watching it the first time, you got to know this is the same doll that Charles Lee Ray had his bloody mitts on in the beginning, right? Yeah. So the first thing I noticed about the doll is that it's totally clean and it's back in the box. The box is not totally destroyed. A little worse for wear, but it's not beat up and totally clean. There's no blood on it. Mm-hmm. So this this homeless guy cleaned the doll before he put it back in the box. Maybe Chucky cleaned himself off. Maybe, maybe Chucky went and took a bath. Gave himself a hose bath. But we don't know that he can do that yet. At any rate, now they're negotiating over the price and she offers 30. The friend is like, it's not worth 30. It's 10, but it's like a hundred dollar doll.
1: Okay. See, this so- is the part that I don't understand is Maggie practically dragged Karen's ass out there to go grab this doll. And then for some reason has a complete change of heart and, ne- and all of a sudden is like no never mind don't get it i'm like yeah what's the point okay you're i mean we don't find it out for another minute or so but you're about to get her in trouble with her boss why did you drag her out there in the first hand place right right what did she think she was going to get
2: it for free i don't know but she gets it for 30 bucks there you go lady may it bring you and your kid a lot of joy huh? and then which like, is Come still on, a steal yeah so they get back. Of course, when they get back, boss is waiting for them, and this guy's such a dick. So no, I
1: can't imagine why. Yeah,
2: he's he's snarky about them being gone from the counter, and then he says that one of the other people called in, so you simply have to work tonight. Mm-hmm. talking to Karen and I don't get how that works exactly that he can just force her to work I don't know
1: well he <laughs> I don't he know how bu- that works he bullies it in, bullies he, her into well it. he does but because like, he, are you like, happy
2: with your job yeah basically threatens her job if she doesn't work even though you know she's already got her schedule anyway totally illegal what he does here is completely illegal Maggie offers to cover it she's like no 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 the boss says you work shoes you can't work the jewelry counter so instead Maggie says well I'll just watch Andy until you get off mm-hmm. problem sort of solved the guy's still a dick
1: it still make me feel like shit
2: i really wish that at some point chucky would have killed this guy
1: no yeah
2: but he doesn't so mom goes home and she's got the good guy doll she's got andy i guess she picked him up from daycare or school or whatever and she's like let's go open because she has to go back to work at seven right? Yeah. she's supposed to be back by seven to do whatever so little dude's got his hopes up and the yeah. box is heavy because he's like squatting under it yeah right? it's, it's, it's a big leg box day. <laughs> <laughs> so he tears it open What's he find? a good guy doll and he's so happy he's such a happy little guy
1: I know I love yeah I know I'm gonna say it like 10 more times before we're done with this episode but yeah just oh mom thanks like even when we're watching this with Isabel and she at this point is only a year older than this character even she watches the scene it's like oh yeah yeah like he's so cute <laughs> <laughs> like you're not but months if not you know a year older than him so it's pretty funny
2: yeah so he opens it and she says show me how it works so he starts talking to the doll and the doll comes back and says hi I'm Chucky And I'm your friend of the end. Howdy ho. And he's happy, gives mom a hug. Yeah. So from there, we go straight to Aunt Maggie, picking off of his birthday cake with her bare hands. Yeah. Because she's a disgusting person. (laughs)
1: Like, okay. Well, maybe her hands were washed. If you live
2: in that house, that's one thing. But if you're a stranger and you're just there watching it, like digging in somebody else's cake with your bare hands.
1: Well, he calls her Aunt Maggie. So I'm assuming she... They are not related. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm assuming she's around there a lot.
2: She probably is.
1: So I
2: don't think she's a stranger. While she's in there scamming birthday cake, he's playing with his new tool kit tool set and Chucky in the floor in the living room. And you can hear it on the news in the background talking about how Charles Lee Ray was shot and killed and then Eddie Caputo, repeated accomplice of Charles Lee Ray, had escaped, right? He escaped custody. And there are supposed to be more details to follow on the news, presumably at nine. And Maggie tells him, Andy it's time to go to bed. I don't know what I guess kids got an early bedtime.
1: No. Maybe. Nine o'clock, that's that's typical. It's when Isabel mm-hmm. goes
2: to bed. Maybe it is nine o'clock, but
1: yeah, well, because she he says that Chucky wants to watch the nine o'clock
2: news. Yeah, yeah, she so she he asks for Chucky if they can stay up and watch the nine o'clock news. She's like, nope, it's time for bed. So she grabs Andy and Chucky and she says, brush your teeth and then under the covers you go.
1: I just want to interject again here like, maybe maybe I'm in the wrong, okay, but she. I'm I'm sorry to quote Chucky and Andy. She does seem like she's kind of a bitch a little bit because when Andy tells her Chucky wants to watch the nine o'clock news, she just gets this look on her face and she's like, "Sure, he does." And then when she goes to pick Chucky up to carry him off through, she's just banging him and flinging him all over the place. And I'm like... Yeah, he's a doll. He's a doll, yes. But just that whole, sure he does. That, for me, was like red flag right there. Because I feel like, for me... And maybe maybe I'm a pushover as a person, okay? But if it was one of our kids when they were little... Uh, Isabel still is little. But even now, if she were like, Chucky must watch the 9 o'clock news, I'd be like, oh, he does, huh? And, you know, I'd try to play along with it a little bit before I immediately am just like... Sure, Jan. You know? Like, don't be a bitch. So, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's not her kid.
2: She's not all bad, though. Because even though she's kind of... You know, maybe she's a little bitchy here. She is washing the dishes.
1: She is. And I get that she's spending her time off to watch somebody else's kid so i get it i'm gonna give her props for that but she did it voluntarily so maybe she needs to take it down a notch yes that's that's my thing it's like this is give and take it this is a little just don't be a bitch that's all i'm saying if you had
2: if you had a friend if you had any friends if you had a friend (laughs) that was willing to come over and not only watch the kids but what do the dishes at the same time that's a win
1: i mean i probably treat other people's kids better than i treat our own kids like to a fault
2: That's not even right.
1: I mean, I don't know. Just have a thing where I want children to feel safe. And that's not saying I treat our children badly, but I'm saying... See,
2: I'm exactly the opposite. Like, you don't belong to me. Go away.
1: (laughs) Fuck them kids.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. I synced it. I'm already responsible for three. I don't need to be responsible for any more.
1: I'm just, I'm a kid person and I'm not a kid person. I could never be a teacher or anything like that. But if I'm going to watch somebody else's kid, it's important since they're my responsibility. I make them, you know, I treat them like I would my own children. So I'm just saying, she just need to check herself for a second. That's all. Yeah.
2: So (laughs) anyway, so Andy goes, Andy goes to the bathroom and he's brushing his teeth. In typical little boy fashion, he's put like... The whole bottle. It's of not, he didn't use a pea-sized amount of toothpaste. He used like I
1: don't use a pea-sized a amount 50 of toothpaste. Cent,
2: like he must have like <laughs> just dipped the toothbrush in the tube because it's like all over his face and running down his chin and dripping on his uh, suspenders or whatever and. As she's in there putting up the clean dishes, she hears the TV come back on. Action news at nine.
1: That would that would scare the shit out of me, I'm not going to lie.
2: Yeah, and she's just yelling across the house, right, talking to him. And he's in there brushing his teeth, drooling on himself, because that's what he does. And they're talking about Charles Lee Ray and Eddie Caputo and all this other crap. So she goes into the living room, and there's Chucky sitting in a chair watching tv hmm so she looks more annoyed than freaked out right like she's kind of put out by the whole thing Uh uh-huh and this is where she grabs him by the arm and she's carrying him through the house and i think she bangs him off of a door jam goes straight to andy who's in the bathroom brushing his teeth and she's like okay mister what do you have to say about this when i say something you gotta learn that i mean it (laughs) you gotta do what i told you like she's reading this little dude the riot act like clearly he's (laughs) in the bathroom brushing his fucking teeth like he was up on a stool. How fast do you think that kid is?
1: Don't you have memories like that, though, of like something happening and you didn't do it, but you have a parent or guardian come up and they're like, what's the meaning of this? And you're just standing there like deer in the headlights. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't
2: know about that. I know that there were a couple times where a little brother would do something and I would get to take the rap for it. Yeah. And parents would come at me and I'd be like, you think I just teleported in here or something? <laughs> Like, yeah. I didn't say it, but I always thought, like, like I'm good at I away with shit, but I'm not that good. Yeah. Like, there's another person in this house that could have done it. I'm just I saying. I just
1: felt for him because he's, he's, like, she couldn't. When a kid is lying, you can tell. It's... It, you know. So he when he's standing there, like, what? Like, clearly he looks like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because I'm literally brushing my teeth.
2: He is just as surprised by this assault as she was surprised by the TV spontaneously coming on.
1: Exactly.
2: So she's asking him, why'd you do it? And he's like, I didn't do it. Chucky did it. She's like, so you think he just walked in the living room by himself and turned it on?
1: Bitch, yes. (laughs)
2: And and so he asked Chucky. He's (laughs) like, did you go watch the news or some shit like that? Did you do that? So she... She tucks him in. Go to bed. Don't say anything else. Yeah,
1: she's pissed. And she's straight pissed. And the whole time
2: he's telling her, "But I didn't put Chucky in front of the TV." <laughs> yeah. And she's like, "That's enough." Yeah. Like, I'm tired of you, kid. That isn't mine. Yeah. So
1: you, you go to sleep, so she or I will ass put and you and to sleep. His,
2: Good night. Happy birthday. Like guess that's, that's the way you want to end your birthday when you're six.
1: Exactly.
2: So. Now Andy's tucked in. lights are turned off. She heads out of his room and closes the door. And you can only assume that she's going to raid somebody's wine. Right. She looks like the type. I'm she's sure there's a it. box in the fridge. She's not in this, not in this year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have boxed wine in the yeah, 80s? No,
2: no, no. <laughs> No. So, yeah. She's going to raid somebody's liquor cabinet. Like, that's just kind of the person that she looks like. She looks like that friend. Yeah, she's going to come wash dishes and maybe watch your kid, but she's also going to drink all your booze while she's there. She looks like she's got a drinking problem. At any rate, she ends up just camping out on the couch with a book and has to get up close the window. Which, it's Chicago. It's wintertime. Why would the window be open in the first place? I've never been to Chicago and been outside in the wintertime, but I assume that it's cold as hell because it's cool here. So, they're way north. Should be cold as fuck, but... Anyway, so she keeps reading her book, and then she hears a door. Like, here's the doorknob turn, and she decides she's got to go check it out.
1: I will say that this scene...
2: Is very suspenseful and very tense. Well, because you get a POV shot, but it's very low. Yeah. Kind of going through the hallway. Yeah. It's different, right? Usually you get a high POV. This is a lower POV like you get in Halloween. The yeah. first one, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's set more at a child's height, except for the parts where Deborah Hill was the POV, in which case it's like, that's a full grown ass person in a clown suit. But right. anyway, but yeah, the, the low POV is interesting. I don't feel like you get that a lot. A
1: lot of people say, well, um, including yourself, like, I don't know how you'd be scared by this, this is not a scary movie, but think about, I mean, maybe it's different for women, maybe, I don't know, but to be sitting and you're alone, and all of a sudden you start hearing shit, I mean, kids are kind of creepy anyway. Like, I'm just saying, that would be kind of a creepy situation to be in. Maybe, maybe. And but we don't know what she was reading. She could have been reading some King.
2: She could have been. That'd freak you out. You wouldn't need Chucky to freak you out there. But she continues to hear stuff. So she's, she finally gets off the couch. and She's like, Andy, is that you? So she's kind of calling across the house, trying to find out, you know, is Andy up? What's going on? She's looking around. She sees the door standing open, which is weird. Like, you can't really see. Like, is it going into his room? Is I, it I going believe into it's hallway? to his room, yeah. But at any rate, there's an open door. Now, the thing that I... If that's the door to his room, there's a chair in front of it, and it's unlocked. Maybe that's a different door. Maybe as the thing shifts, that's a different door. Maybe he was trying to get out the front door. Who knows? She's seeing weird stuff. Doors that are open that shouldn't be. Chairs where they shouldn't be. Doors unlocked. So she's clearly suspicious. But she doesn't turn any lights on. God forbid you turn any lights on when you're creeping (laughs) around the house and you think something fucked up's happening. Yeah. So she gets the door shut and locked and there's a bang behind her. So now she's getting more and more freaked out. But still, we're going to keep creeping through a dark house. We're not going to turn any lights on. I just, that part kills me. This whole sequence kills me. Turn a fucking light on, lady. Like, you're already creeped out. If banging noises continue, it's just going to get worse. She doesn't turn the light on until she gets back in the kitchen.
1: Okay, but think back to Tales from the Hood. Duke Medgar had every light in that damn plantation house on. that didn't help shit
2: it didn't but it also didn't help that he can't load a shotgun either <laughs> so when she gets to the kitchen and gets the light turned on finally she sees this big container of flour knocked over on the floor and it's kind of scattered across and it looks like there's gonna be footprints in it but it doesn't zoom in enough for us to be able to really see it and right then jump scare number one phone rings she picks up that phone like a trained professional like instantly answers that phone one ring and it's karen calling really just to check in How's everything going? Is everything okay? She asks her, is something wrong? And she's like, no. Just get some of the the late-night willies, I think is what she says. Yeah. But this was kind of her opportunity to tell someone else that, hey, there's some weird shit going on in your apartment. But she doesn't. She's like, everything's fine. So as soon as she hangs up, it zooms in on the little hammer laying on the floor. The little real hammer, by the way. (laughs) The real hammer. And something picks it up. You don't see a hand, you don't see anything. But you hear another noise as she's stooping down with the dustpan and the broom, cleaning up the the flower, and she looks over at some planters. And I don't know why uh, an ivy would be your first suspect (laughs) in the case of a noise. I mean, I know they get up and move around a lot. (laughs) Clearly, it's the plant's... That plant was looking kind of shifty. So she goes over there and yanks the ivy out from the wall because shady bastards. And guess what? It wasn't the plant. It was not the ficus. And she decides she scared herself to death. But as she turns around, she takes a hammer in the face, stumbles backwards, and jumps out the window. And that's... Like, I don't get it. Like, okay, it's Chucky, but he's a two-foot-tall doll, and he hit her in the face with a toy hammer. Well, I think it all happened so fast that she couldn't collect herself. And she staggers backwards all the way across the room and launches herself out the window.
1: Well, wouldn't she... up in a curtain or something like
2: yeah because she jumped through the window
1: <laughs> no i mean she was tripping over she was stumbling over something
2: after he hit her or well she did she kind of stumbled backwards could... across the room yeah but it's like she jumped right at the end i mean maybe they just caught the stunt woman when she wasn't supposed to be jumping but i don't know i don't know Maybe it's weird how it's edited but it's like damn you went out of your way to jump out that window <laughs> good job But she lands on top of a truck. Totally ruined his awesome camper shell, because that's just the way it goes. And we cut to Karen getting off the bus. Gotta love public transit. So she makes her quay across the street, and as she does, she notices that there are police cars in front of her apartment building. And an ambulance.
1: Well, my thing and is, she was pulling of, up and she didn't notice the lights before. I mean, yeah. it must have been a really good conversation but she was yeah, having. Yeah,
2: there's several squad cars, an ambulance, a lot of looky loos. Looky loos. You, know, you got to get those rubberneckers. <laughs> They're going to see through the top floor of this apartment and see what was going on. They got to know the, the dirt. So. She somehow makes it from outside this cordoned off apartment building all the way up to her floor, which looks like it's near the top or at the top, and all the way down a hallway into her apartment, past a couple of police officers before anybody tries to stop her. And then she was like, no, I live here. They just let her go on in. Yeah, I get it. Your kid's there, but it seems like they would have wanted more of an explanation for that. So... Her apartment's full of cops. Some of them are sitting on her couch reading the paper. And she's just bouncing from room to room. And they're all just looking at her like, hey, there's a lady in here. Right. So finally, she she gets Andy and she's like, hey, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm okay. And she's like, I'm scared. I don't know. I just, this scene, yeah, I don't get it. Like, I would have been freaking out. I don't know. I would have been yelling at somebody. Like, why didn't you call me? <laughs> I'm the parent. You could have called me at work. I might have been a little disrespectful to some of those police officers at that point. But Andy's okay. And uh, Mike... Norris, the detective, wants to talk to her out in the hallway. So he's, she's like, hey, look.
1: I love how Andy, like when he's trying to pull her outside to talk to her, how Andy purposely goes over there like to be nosy. He kind of creeps out. And then he's like, oh, let's move over here.
2: Yeah, he's he's holding Chucky right in front of him. Like, we're both going to Care Bear stare you.
1: Yeah, I just thought that was funny.
2: But Mike notices it, so he moves him a little bit further down the hallway to tell her that her friend Maggie Peterson is dead. And I don't necessarily find her performance all that convincing Mm -hmm. in this sequence, but they continue on down to the kitchen where you get more police officers kind of hanging out and they're looking around and he points out some flour on a countertop with little footprints in it and he even says that it kind of looks like footprints doesn't it but what would andy be doing on the countertop implying that it's him she even asks him are you implying that andy did that and he was like i don't know <laughs> i don't know am i he's like but don't worry i already checked all the shoes <laughs> yeah. and none of them match
1: could you just imagine that like going through his closet like checking out all the little tiny shoes Like, it just seems absurd. I mean, I'm sorry.
2: When London was that age, I probably would have. I was
1: going to say, if we walked into our kitchen at any point and there was flour knocked over, that's a pretty damn common occurrence. Or soy sauce poured into every cup that we have.
2: Yeah, but if there were footprints in it on the countertop, I would still go check London's shoes.
1: Yeah, but not necessarily. We wouldn't automatically jump to them being it having to do with murder.
2: Well, no. So about this time, Andy makes an appearance. Carrie and Chucky comes into the kitchen and says, Chucky wants to know what's going on. (laughs) So his mom tries to kind of shoo him out of there. And the detective Norris is like, hey, what kind of, what you got on your feet there? And he's like, they're my good guy PJ sneakers. Do you mind if I take a look at those? So he holds his feet up and mom is just like, (gasps) she's ready to pounce. And he checks them out. Of course, they're clean. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, it's fine. And then she's kind of like, you know, my friend just died. I've had a tragedy. You guys need to get the hell out. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'll get everybody out of here. So he kicks everybody out. She sends Andy to bed. Andy goes and he's like talking to Chucky and he sits him down in a little chair. And when he turns the light on, this is where you can see that there's flour on Chucky's shoes. Yes. And so he goes to bed.
1: And I just wanted to point out too, that you can see in Andy's bedroom, he's got a photo of his dad, but the photo, the guy in the photo is the director, Tom Holland. So that's kind of funny.
2: Who's your daddy? (laughs) Tom Holland. <laughs> so as Andy's kind of snuggling down in bed, he opens his eyes and looks over at Chucky. And he notices there's something on Chucky's shoes. So he gets up, goes to check it out. And yeah, Chucky's got flour on his shoes. So he goes running out and he catches up to his mom and and Mike. He's like, I know who was on the counter. It was Chucky. <laughs>
1: well, I like the way he says there. Chucky. Yeah. And another thing that cracks me up here is is uh, Michael. He Blah. I can't talk. Not only am I sick, I can't talk. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he goes ya doll? <laughs> and I don't know why that cracks me up every time. And he he does that throughout the the rest of the movie, like he's saying doll d a l l. So I don't I don't know I don't know where he's from or whatever, but that always cracks me up. Like it's like a New York or New Jersey thing or something. Ya doll? <laughs> yeah,
2: It's an it's an odd pronunciation. <laughs> so Karen continues kind of shooing everybody out the door and. Right after she gets the door shut, Mike like pushes his way back in. He's like, "You're gonna call me tomorrow," <laughs> and she she tells him, "You just you don't give up, do you?" Which is an interesting statement for she her to can't... make, considering how she continues on the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um. He says, "I just hate loose ends."
1: Yeah. And it's it's just funny because she's
2: well, and then she follows that with, an, "I hate people who don't know when to give up." Yeah. But she just
1: cannot get him out of there any fucking faster. And to me it's like, Okay, these guys are investigating you. Like you're not coming across as innocent here when you're just trying to like get out, get out, get out, get out
2: Yes, please don't see any of the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> <I don't- laughs> I don't know. So Mike and his partner continue on down the hallway towards the elevator. He hands him the plastic. Mike hands his partner the plastic bag that's got the hammer in it. And he was like, get "Spirited this to the lady, lab. <laughs> yeah, get this to the lab." And he was like, "What is this?" And he was like, "It's evidence <laughs> I found in the corner." And he's holding it. Of course, it's this tiny little like toy hammer. Yeah. So we go back to Karen. She's in the bathroom getting cleaned up. Maybe she's having a moment for herself here. Don't know, but she hears Andy talking to. See, Chucky. this would be fucking creepy to me. Well, I mean, kids play pretend a lot. Well, I know, Isabel but it, it's it's
1: more that it's after this particular situation where he's already kind of brought up the fact that his doll is responsible for things. Yeah. and if you had, if you just went through all this and there's a murder, and then the next thing you hear is your child talking to himself or somebody. I mean, because they all but say here in the beginning, it's like, did Andy do it or did he not do it? Right. You know, and so if you you automatically have your kid talking to themselves after something like this you kind of be like what the fuck like i'm just saying it's it's just
2: a little creepy i don't know it's not uncommon for it. For us to hear Isabel play and pretend or singing to herself or something like that. So I would not immediately jump. I know,
1: but nobody immediately dies before that happens is what Uh, I'm saying. I
2: don't know. Maybe. The only thing that I I think would be strange is if this is not, if, you know, doing the out loud talking pretend thing is Uh something that Andy's never done before. Yeah. But he doesn't strike me as the kind of kid that's never done that before. Right. So.
1: I'm just saying in this context.
2: Yeah. So she goes over to his room and she puts her ear to the door and she hears him say i guess there was no hiding from her and this is where she comes in and she sees andy sitting in the floor with chucky sitting in the rocket chair like they were just having a normal two-person conversation she's like what are you doing <laughs> I'm, like, I'm talking to chucky so she comes on into the, the room and sits down and she's like who are you talking to and he says chucky and she's like so <laughs> chucky's been talking to you and she said yeah he talks all the time I like, love well, what he goes, kinda...
1: he's sitting right over there <laughs>
2: like she can't see him. Yeah. yeah. And she says, well, what kind of, what stuff does he say to you? He says all kinds of things. And she's like, what? Uh-huh. Well, like his real name's Charles Lee Ray. Like yeah. He just spouts out a serial killer's name. And, and here
1: she goes, who? And like, I'm like, does she, I mean, I don't watch the news personally. I did, what was, what was it? Uh, I think the movie Idle Hands where he's like, I fucking hate that show. <laughs> I guess it's me too. I don't like the news either. But at the same time, it showed the news on Earlier when she was giving him his gifts and they were very clearly saying the names Charles Lee Ray and Eddie Caputo and she heard it and turned it off. I mean, so she seems like she would know about this. Right. And I think she does the same thing when Mike brings him up later. She's like, who? So it's like, I don't know.
2: A serial killer in the city you live in. Yeah. And you have no idea who they are?
1: Yeah. I guess that's what I think. So when she brings him up, there's no point where she's thinking to herself, this is a very specific name he's bringing up. And it's not, you know, it's just weird.
2: Yeah. But he says that he's been sent down from heaven by daddy to play with me.
1: Which is sad.
2: And creepy. (laughs) It's, that's just, that's just kind of creepy. And... She asked if he said anything else. And he says... He said that Maggie was a real bitch and got what she deserved. Now, I don't know about <laughs> you, but she asked him why he would say something so terrible. Yeah. My mama would have just slapped the shit out of me. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so she's mad at him. And she, she's like telling, you know, you know you're making this up. You need to stop telling that tech, saying this stuff. Yeah, and he she was he's like, but Chucky's alive. Really? Oh, I know. And, really, he is. And she like snatches Chucky up. She's like, he's a doll. He's made out of plastic. Look at him. And he, he's like, don't you hurt hurt (laughs) him like i don't know if she would have hurt him at this point but anyway she asked him don't you know she didn't hurt
1: andy yeah in my family you would have i would have gotten
2: hurt already but she's she asked him she said you don't really think he's alive do you and andy's like yes (laughs) (laughs) and then he pulls out the kid card it's because of aunt maggie that you're yelling at me right
1: i know some reverse
2: psychology there and she's like, immediately calms down. Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Never mind the fact that you just said she was a bitch and got what she I
1: know, Like my ass seriously would have already gotten my mouth washed out with soap probably. And then got an ass whooping to end all ass whoopings probably at that point. And then gone to bed and probably not seen the light of day for a week. Maybe the bread and water treatment. I mean, oh, oh I would have gotten <laughs> in such trouble for that.
2: Yeah, but then she asks, you know, do you want to sleep with me tonight? And he says, he's like, no, I'm fine. I got Chucky. She tucks him and Chucky both into bed.
1: Like, at this point, if he's already bringing up the doll, something like this happens. I don't know. It's that age-old thing of, why does nobody believe the kids in these movies? And I get it. It's a pretty... It's a pretty big leap to make, but at the same time, like, she doesn't at any point notice that these weird occurrences didn't start happening until the doll was brought in the house. And that's what's killed me about this franchise as a whole, is nobody's ever went, well, these things didn't start happening until this doll came into our lives, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, and this is the part where it gets, this is the first real Chucky sort of moment that we get, because after she leaves the room, she closes the door, and she puts her ear to the door, and she hears Andy say, you're right, she didn't believe us. Mm-hmm. And... Chucky turns his head
1: just thinking of Colum. She yeah. didn't believe us.
2: And Chucky turns his head and looks and sees the shadow of her feet under the door. And he turns his head back and says, Hi, I'm Chucky. I like to be hugged.
1: I know. And it's sad because Andy's like, I'd love like, to hug you too. Right. Yeah.
2: So this is the first sort of uh, intelligence, I guess, that we've seen from Chucky uh-huh. in this movie where he recognizes that somebody's listening on their conversation. So I'm going to play it up. Yeah. And then we go back to Chucky's face and he closes his eyes. So the next day, Karen's taking Andy to school. and Of mm-hmm. course, he's carrying Chucky. And I don't know why you would allow him to carry a doll that's two thirds his size. I know. Things think as big as he is. It makes no sense, but she's like, you you know, no bad dreams about Aunt Maggie, right? And he's like, no. It's like, and Chucky's just a doll, right? Like, yeah. So she just drops him off in front of the school, doesn't make sure that he actually gets inside. But then there's another kid in the background carrying his good doll in two. So I guess it's normal
1: then? Well, okay. One, Andy's probably... Now that he's got his own, I'm guessing he's probably normal with the rest of the kids. So there's that. And two, this whole scene in our town or any town in Texas, I don't know about outside of Texas, but would not happen. Like our schools currently have security guards. The last uh, town we lived in there were staff standing all in front of the school. So this whole bullshit of him just walking into the school and then coming right back out nonchalantly and just be bopping through the streets of Chicago would not happen.
2: Yeah. I kind of struggle with this scene just a little bit because of that. Yeah. So I get it that this is, this is closer to the time when you and I were in school. Right. And so you didn't have security guards and all that crap, just hanging out in front of the school. Yeah. But if they're in Chicago, it seems like there would have been at least one adult. At the, Something at the entrance in yeah. the morning, possibly. Yeah, no, he dude just wanders right back out. I, I don't get it. I mean, of course, you know when, I, like when I was in high school. Yes, it, you weren't. It was supposed to be a closed campus, but shit, we left all the time. Yeah, that's was true. A, there that's was nobody true. there to stop you. We
1: did. We did leave often to go
2: smoke or. <laughs> we had a whole bunch of off campus lunch. <laughs> yeah. And but I don't know. I, I just would think that in a big city like this, even at this time, they would have had. Somebody. Somebody. At
1: least a teacher standing there to greet
2: students or something. Well, not to greet them, just to make sure that...
1: Well, you know what I mean, like to make sure they get in and all that. Yeah. I don't know, but... I guess the 80s seemed like a big time where a lot of those high-profile cases of kids getting kidnapped or something terrible happening. I mean, I can't really think of anything just off the top of my head, uh, except for baby Jessica, maybe, in the well thing. But, yeah, it just seemed like there was a lot of shit like that in the 80s. And maybe that's maybe that's why we have security that has been bumped up to this point or something.
2: Well, the late 80s is when I remember the fir- it. First hearing about violence in schools, Uh you know, like gang violence and that sort of thing. But it was always in your metro schools, right? Your your major metropolitan areas like dallas and new york chicago mm-hmm. that i mean but it started to finally make the news and i want to say the late 80s maybe early 90s is when they started putting metal detectors in some of those places and that where the schools were in kind of the rougher neighborhoods but yeah at any rate they just let him walk right back out <laughs> i know it like just, it just blows my mind and he's going in there with big kids too so is this like a combined school where they get like high school and preschool all in the same place yeah, I, I have no idea yeah. But, but yeah then he, he gets on a
1: fucking subway right after that, well, or train. It's not a
2: subway; it's a train. Yeah, and same but thing. He's just sitting on train by you know, with his doll. Yeah, and nobody says anything. And, and maybe in the city, it's totally different. I've never lived in a big city like that. Yeah, but, but we're still. I know that here.
1: We're still in the generation of, of when we were latchkey kids though. That's so it true. wasn't completely uncommon for kids to walk home from school or whatever. But this is not this is not the end of the day. This is fucking it, first thing in the morning because he just left school, that right. be, being dropped off. If one of our kids was not right. our older two obviously, but Isabel, if she was just wandering the streets of Granbury, texas by herself it's still texas i guess so you're gonna have somebody that's gonna be like why the fuck is there a tiny little girl because Isabel, like andy is very small for her age so you would have somebody be like why is this child just wandering down the streets by themselves and police would get called or something something would happen you know they're not gonna, nobody's gonna let just a child just do their fucking thing You know,
2: no, but he's on the train with his doll, and I guess he rides it all the way across town. I suppose it doesn't talk about really how far. Now, I will say that in this shot, I was kind of looking sort of in the background when it shows some of the long shots because this was filmed in Chicago. Candyman was filmed in Chicago, so I was like trying to see like, do I recognize those buildings from Candyman? No, I didn't. I don't know Chicago for shit. (laughs) But so on the train, he's you know he's talking. To Chucky, like whispering to Chucky. And again, none of the adults think this is weird shit. Yeah. So Andy goes and he, he finally finds his stop, I guess, or Chucky tells him what his stop is. And he gets off the train in a not so nice part of town. Right. Like there's people living under the bridge where he's at. And it didn't look like maybe his his mom and he don't live in the best neighborhood, but they don't live in this one. Right. So now you got a little kid wandering around the street carrying a doll in a not nice part of town at all.
1: And nobody messes and with, nobody with him.
2: Nobody messes with him at all. Yeah, I'm not saying he would have got snatched up, but nobody even says, like, hey, where are you going? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, nobody recognizes that this child should not be wandering around by himself.
1: Yeah, even Kevin McAllister got, got talked to by some hookers. This is true. <laughs> this is
2: true. But, so he goes to it, it, just big piles of trash, and then there's a house across the street. So he puts Chucky down in this busted-ass rocking chair, because there's rocking chairs everywhere you go to put Chucky in. <laughs> I don't know if you notice that. Shitload of rocking chairs in these movies. So he puts Chucky down so he can go take a leak, and... Chucky, you just get the POV shot of him running, going in the house. And we meet our old friend, Eddie Caputo, that we saw for all of two and a half seconds at the very beginning of the movie. Right. And this is where, well, we don't really get a good shot of Chucky in this one, do we? Not really. No. uh -uh. You see a tiny plastic hand sort of pushing the door open a little bit, and then it pans through the apartment. You see rats crawling all over shit, or panning through the house, not the apartment. And it's basically, it looks like he's probably squatting. This is probably not where he lives. It's just where he's hiding. It's Frank's house from Hellraiser. Yes, because it's (laughs) just... The whole thing's trashed so we see a tiny hand open the oven and it wakes eddie up so eddie pulls his gun and he's looking around and then we go back to the oven and the pilot light goes out Mm -hmm. but he and then a tiny good guy hand turns the gas all the way up and you can hear the the hissing gas now andy's wandering around outside he finally notices that chucky's missing because it was the longest leak ever but if (laughs) it was that cold it might have taken me a minute too i don't know it looks like it's cold (laughs) like really cold back inside eddie's like sneaking through the house with his gun trying to figure out who it is and it looks like he's wearing a wig to me it looks like it's not a good wig maybe the guy's just got really bad hair i don't know it didn't look like like, it looks like a hairpiece to me but as he's he's going downstairs and it's it's sort of a i guess it's supposed to be a tense scene i didn't really get any tension from it did you
1: uh not this scene, necessarily, I don't guess.
2: Yeah. this Probably really, probably
1: more with when he was stalking Maggie.
2: Yeah, there's not really any movie in the Child's Play series that gives me that feeling of tension, necessarily. And I think it's because Chucky's the one I want to see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's kind of like Freddy Krueger. Like, I, I don't really care what Johnny Depp's doing. I want to see Freddy kill somebody.
1: Yeah, we were, we were talking about this last night, and I remember it, you being like, there's just not enough Chucky. And I, I'm, for me, the argument could be made that this is what makes movie scarier like in Halloween. We don't get Michael throughout the movie just killing people you know and I I think that's what this movie was trying to do was the less you see the monster the scarier it is but I guess you and I land on two different sides of the fence on that.
2: Well I think for me When you've got a killer like Michael, Michael is scarier than Chucky or uh, Freddy Krueger because he doesn't talk, because he has no motive necessarily Mm -hmm. other than you're here, it's Halloween, I'm going to kill you. Kind of the same thing with Jason. There's not a personality there. It's just there's sort of a blank slate that's going to murder you. And so when you don't see them, but you know that they're creeping around somewhere, that, that builds tension for me. When you have a monster with a personality like Freddy or Chucky, I want to see them, mm-hmm. right? Because their personality is bigger than any of the supporting cast that you're going to put around them, right? They're mm-hmm. they're better than any of the people they're going to kill. So let's just get to the killing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want them on screen.
1: And well, maybe it has something to do with, you probably didn't watch these in a linear fashion. You pro- This probably wasn't the first one you watched. So you probably saw more of his personality and you knew what to expect. So when you come back to something like this, where he's not really doing it so much that you're like, what the fuck is this?
0: Yeah,
2: because, I mean, the part we're talking about right now is nearly halfway through the movie. And we really haven't seen him yeah. at all. Like uh-huh. this, I think I want to say a word about the midpoint. And yeah, we still don't have any good on-screen time of him being him. Like we've got Chucky the doll, but we don't have Chucky the killer. Yeah. And I think that's it for me. Really, is that if you're gonna have a killer with a personality, then show me the killer. That's it. Okay. But in this one, I feel like they just they drag it out too long for me. So, anyways, Eddie just keeps talking to him through the house, and he goes to a window and he sees Andy, and he actually draws down on Andy, like, dude, you're not really gonna shoot this little kid, like, right? Kid, even if the kid was poking around in this slum that you're. Sleeping in, like it's it's not him. So he hears something come from a door behind him. So he eases up to it, and Andy's fixing to head up the stairs. Yeah, like this is the only tense moment for me because we know that the gas is on, and it looks like Andy's fixing to go into the house, but he turns away at the last minute. Of course, Eddie busts through the door and shoots, which ignites the gas and the house explodes. Now, how this didn't just level Andy, I have no idea.
1: No kidding. Or and, cause
2: serious hearing damage. Like, it seemed like as close as he was to it, when it did finally explode, it would have just laid him out, but it didn't. So from there, we cut straight to the police station. Karen's coming in and Detective Norris, <laughs> she's like, hey, I came as soon as I got your message. And she's like, did you pick up Andy first? She's like, no, I came straight from work. I
1: know. I like, do you see him with me? Clearly, no, I have not seen my child.
2: Yeah, I mean, if he'd gone <laughs> to pick up Andy, would Andy, yeah. Andy be with her? I don't know. But it's
1: just he's doing that thing that people do in movies that I hate so much, where it's just like cut to the chase already. Stop fucking
2: with me. Yeah, but he's like, come with me. <laughs> so he he takes her into his office, and and they've already got Andy. Yeah. But Mike starts to kel- tell tell uh, Karen, I don't know how to tell you this, but and then we cut straight to a scene where his partner, Jack Santos, played by Tommy Swerdlow, is interrogating Andy and asking him, do you have any idea why your Aunt Maggie <laughs> fell out the window? And
1: This always makes me laugh, because Andy's reasoning or excuse is just so calculated. Like, clearly he and Chucky had talked about this beforehand.
2: Yeah, because she saw Chucky and it scared her it so scared much she fell out. It scared
1: so much she fell out.
2: I, I mean... <laughs> okay yeah so he says so why did Chucky go to see Eddie Caputo and then that's when his mom comes in Andy's mom comes in
1: which are sure Andy would have
2: been like who yeah so so he runs over to get give a hug and I guess Mike kind of indicates to Jack to leave because Jack leaves the room and Karen's telling him nobody believes you about Chucky unless you start telling the truth right now they're going to take you away from me
1: yeah, no lead up to that or anything. Just like brass tacks
2: here. We're just, we're just throwing it in there. Yeah. So then he turns on Chucky. There's trouble in paradise. And he's like, <laughs> you hear that? They're taking me away unless you say something. And Andy starts getting pissed. He goes over there and he's he's begging him to say something at first. And then he starts like, grabs him by the suspenders like he's interrogating him, <laughs>
1: shaking
2: him. Why did you lie to me? Say something. And he's kind of having like a mini Where's Harvey Dent? Yeah. Where is he?
1: <laughs> and...
2: Chucky says, Hi, I'm Chucky and I'm your friend of the end. Heidi ho. And then he just and then like he straight starts slugs punching him. him. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, Mommy, he's doing it on purpose. He told me never to tell about him or he'd kill me.
1: Which I'd be like, Oh and then gets, <laughs> this is
2: somebody over the intercom says, Miss Barkley, this is Dr. Ardmore, uh, and I think I've seen enough.
1: I have mixed feelings about Dr. Ardmore. We'll, we'll get and there. But... He's,
2: you know, he says, maybe Andy should spend a few days with us. So that afternoon, that evening, that night, whatever. It seems later, like she
1: gets him, she gives up on that she, real easy. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, it cuts straight to her coming back home. Yeah. So she comes into her apartment, and she's carrying Chucky with her, because I guess they wouldn't let Andy take Chucky with him. Yeah. Which is just as well. But And she's just kind of, she looks dazed, sort of, there for a minute, she kind Sits down on the couch and then she has a moment well, with been, Chucky. She's it's been just a kinda, stressful
1: couple of days.
2: Yeah, she's having a bad week. So she's just kind of having a stare down with Chucky. And she's like, Well, say something, you little bastard. Yeah. Which
1: I believe I would be too at this that's point. Fair. I
2: would have been sooner, I think. She's getting pissed. She's like, Say something, damn it. And he's being smart ass. He goes, Hi, I like to be <laughs> hugged. <laughs> Which so. of course leads her to be like,
1: Oh, mm-hmm. I'm just going crazy. Like, yeah.
2: Yeah. She's like, I don't know what I'm thinking talking to this stinking doll. So she just goes on about her business, I guess. Takes her coat off, goes to get something to drink. And she starts to kind of... I think she's starting to kind of pick up, you know. She finds the box. And this is when the batteries fall out. Yeah. So seeing the batteries on the floor kind of freaks her out a little bit. So she's looking yeah. at the box. And she notices down at the bottom it says batteries included. And this is maybe where she puts it together. Did we never put batteries in, Chucky.
1: That's probably also where they got their original title.
2: Yeah. So... Well, it was batteries not included. Yeah, but you know what I mean. But I'm yeah. sure that came from there. So she heads back into the living room. Now she's looking kind of suspicious. She's eyeballing Chucky while he's just, you know, hanging out. <laughs> he's just sitting there on the coffee table being dull. And very cautiously, she reaches for him, picks him up. And as she rolls him over to check his battery compartment, his head does a full 180. <laughs> Chucky, wanna play? Ah. And she drops uh, and rolls under the couch.
1: That scene is actually pretty creepy.
2: That is, yeah, that's pretty creepy. So she kneels down and very cautiously looks under the couch. And of course, there he is. Now I'll be honest, I did not expect him. To still be there, I right. figured he would have been gone. But she very tentatively like pokes him a couple of times before she slowly <laughs> That's pulls what him you out. Poke it
1: with stick, yeah.
2: Poke <laughs> it with a stick and and kind of sits him up in front of her. And she's like, "Okay, talk to me. Come on, talk." Like she start, she's freaking out just a little bit. Yeah, I, you know, I talk to me, damn it. And she's like, "Then I'm gonna make you talk. <laughs> we have ways of making you talk."
0: <laughs>
2: so she goes to the fireplace
0: Oh. Uh.
2: and. Honestly, this is a pretty good move. Yeah, really. I mean, this is something I would do. Well, and she's like, I said, talk to me, damn it, or I'm gonna throw <laughs> you in the fire. And this is where he comes to like, You
0: stupid bitch! You filthy slut! Did <laughs> you to fuck with me?
1: So this and was a thing that I used to do with London when she was little. Now, before everybody comes at me or whatever, the fireplace was not lit or anything, but she and I would have a running gag where I would pick her up and I'd hold her up in front of the fireplace and I'd be like, All right, talk to me, damn it, or so I would throw you in the fire. And London would always flip her head around. And, of course, she wouldn't curse or whatever. But she just kind of went along with it. She'd turn her head real sharp or whatever. And she'd start flailing and screaming and stuff. And um, we still... I mean, she was little, little little when when we used to do that, so it's still funny. we still bring it up and we it's just it's a funny thing we look at fondly now, but yeah, if we we it's a thing we love to do is just kind of I mean, we already speak in quotes around this house ninety percent of the time, so sometimes it's funny to act out things you know, every once in a while. me and Adam will we'll reenact the and Glover dance from Friday the 13th, part four. So yeah, it's just a funny thing. If I watch this movie, that's always going to be a fond memory that I take with me.
2: Yeah. With emphasis on that being that the kids think these are funny. Oh yeah. So here's something that I think is funny about this whole sequence. At the There's a point during their fight, when she's fighting with Chucky there, where he's in front of her, his head's actually slightly above hers. And She's no longer holding on to him, but he's flailing at her. Yeah. So he's like levitating in front of her, (laughs) swinging and cussing. And I don't know if that was just an accident or what. I mean, I I didn't watch it closely enough to know if you could see any wires, but then when it cuts to, you know, behind Chucky, you can see that his hand, her hands are still on him, right? Mm -hmm. Like she's still hanging on to him, but there's like a good second there where she's fighting an airborne doll. (laughs) Anyway.
1: Let's hope but my wire fighting team is ready. Little
2: bastard just bites the shit out of her arm. Oh yeah. So she throws him over the couch and he's right back up, coming at her. And this is this is the Chucky I like, okay? Right. I'll be honest. I find the first part of this movie pretty tedious because I want to get to Chucky. I think the first one I ever saw was um bright of Chucky because we watched it while you and I were still dating mm-hmm. and that's just how he's expected Chucky to be mm-hmm. and so
1: I mean I, I get that it's understandable
2: when you give me the first half of the movie where he's just sort of a doll I, I'm not I'm not digging it <laughs> but once he starts being Chucky doing Chucky stuff uh, this is the part I like so anyway he gets away and runs out of the apartment and you see the elevator going down uh-huh so she takes off downstairs to follow him. She's screaming stop like he's actually going to listen. Uh, why, why would he just suddenly change his mind? Like, yeah, okay, I'll stop. Leave us alone. <laughs> like,
1: God, leave us alone.
2: I don't know. But I mean, she she must have some good cardio because she, like, makes it all the way down. And, of course, by the time she gets down there, he's gone.
1: Well, this is the part where we, we start, her character starts becoming more effective instead of just reacting to the things going on around her which she doesn't have much of a reaction up to this point but after this we get full on Karen like the way you would think of a Karen being that is finally who we're getting
2: yeah she wants to see the manager
1: right now
2: <laughs> so so she she goes all the way outside after she sees that the elevator is empty and stops on the sidewalk. So, from there, we cut to a taxi. She's jumping out of there. And she catches Detective Norris right as he's leaving the police station. So, good timing. And she's trying to explain to him that he and he was telling the truth and that Chucky's alive and that he killed Lady Caputo. And then she took him home and she was about to throw him away when the batteries fell out. Of course, she took the batteries with her. Mm-hmm. So, she's like, he's been moving and talking without batteries. And Norris is just like, what the fuck, lady?
1: Yeah. <laughs> and she's
2: like, no, no. I threatened to throw him in a fire. And then he came alive. And... I dropped him, and he got up and ran out of the apartment. And yeah, like,
1: we get a lot of Mike like, oh, for God's sakes. And Jesus he's just Christ. like, like good night, Miss Barkley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, like, I like
2: Mike. Yeah, and she's trying to explain it, and he was like, look, I sympathize with you, and I hate what happened today, but lying's not going to help your son. And she's like, does this look like I'm lying? And she shows him where Chucky bit him, or bit her on the arm, and she tells him, Chucky bit me. He's like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just, he's not... It's been a
1: long day. He wants to go home.
2: (laughs) And so she turns around and runs off. He's like, Where are you going? And she's he's like, I'm going to find Chucky. I'm going to the peddler where I bought it, and of course he recognizes that part of town. I guess. Yeah. I don't remember where she told when she told him that, but.
1: Well, she she tells him <clears throat> that she bought him from a peddler from behind where
2: she worked. Yeah, but
1: so he obviously knows the address. Or. He's
2: like, that's not a good place to be at night. But she jumps in taxi and takes off anyway, and you uh, see the look on his face <laughs> right here. He's like, God damn it!
1: God damn it! Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's pretty great. So. She takes the taxi to I guess back to where she works and wanders down that alleyway and I'm I'm on board with Norris. This is not really a place you'd want to be any time of day. Yeah. Much less at night. Like well, I don't
1: And I guess this is the this is the part where you kinda of start to really I mean, I hate to use the term fall in love but yes you kind of fall in love with Mike a little bit just because probably any other person would have just went fuck it and went home anyway but he's a good guy no pen intended and he goes after her just to make sure that she's safe
2: you know yeah I don't know I don't know that other cops would have done that necessarily. Yeah. I think that they probably would have just let her go and be like, well, I guess we'll find your body in the morning. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, or
1: at the very least he would have sent somebody else, yeah. like sent a squad car over, but not followed her personally. Right.
2: But she wanders down this, this alleyway and she's asking everybody and t- finally she meets the guy she finally catches up with the guy and he tries to act <laughs> like he has it. no idea what she's talking about
1: well and i love this because he's got like a he's like got his arm around a woman like he hes fixing he had plans for the oh, evening obviously the job, for sure yeah and he's just looking at her like
2: i don't know you yeah so at first he's like i don't know i don't know what you're talking about and then she's like I'm not going to hurt you. Remember yeah, because he's acting doll, scared blah, of her blah, blah, blah. for and whatever reason. He's like twice her size, but he's acting scared. And then all of a sudden he's like, well, what do you give me for it? <laughs> and then he gets kind of rapey. He's yeah. Like, she's like, I don't have much. And he's like, no, you got a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. He starts giving her the fruit cocktail he, eyes. Yeah. He's well, giving her Cocktail that. fruits.
2: All right, <laughs> He's giving her the stuff I did in prison. Look, <laughs> like, I don't know. He's.
1: And there's a yeah. no squirrel master to save her in this situation. There is not. And. <laughs>
2: There's no one in that alleyway to help her either because, you know, the other people are kind of gathering around. I know. Hey, this is going to be, she's going to have the son of a thousand maniacs here in a minute. (laughs) But this is when Mike shows up and knees him right in the balls. Again, with the testicle abuse, I just don't get it. But he pulls his gun. He's like, you guys want to party too?
1: I know. I love that.
2: So (laughs) he yanks him up and he's like, you want to answer the lady's question now?
1: Where did you find the doll? Yeah,
2: where'd you get the doll from? (laughs) And he's like, I don't know nothing. And this is one of the corniest lines. He's like, I don't know nothing about no doll. And Mike says, you're not going to know nothing about nothing if you don't tell him in a minute. What?
1: (laughs) You never heard that as a kid?
2: No, I never heard that. I heard
1: that that all the time. Like, I don't know. You're about to know nothing. Yeah, I got told that like all the time when I was a kid. You're not going to know nothing here in a minute. What a sad life, guys. (laughs) But then he finally tells him
2: it's behind a burned out toy store on Wabash. And Mike gets this look and just kinda of throws him down, get out of here.
1: Like there there's a wave of recognition
2: yeah. in this. And then Karen's like, Okay. Something he said upset you. Yeah. Give it up. And as Mike's walking away, she's kinda of chasing him and grabbing onto him. She's like, My son's life's at stake, what is it? And he said, The place where he said to get the doll, Charles Lee Ray died there. And she's like, Who? Which <laughs> yeah, again I know. Like, why the hell would you not know the serial killer's name in the city you live in? Yeah. Uh, That doesn't make any sense for me. I mean,
1: she may as well have told him she was Star-Lord. Yeah.
2: Who? Who? (laughs) So he goes on to explain that the Lakeshore Strangler, the man who was partners with Eddie Caputo, that's where he died. And she's like... How do you know? He's like, because I killed him, you know? She's like, he's like, where are you going? She takes off. She's like, I'm, I'm going. No.
1: And it's funny because this is where the tables have turned, you know, because Mike in the beginning was very insistent on trying to figure out what's happened, what's going on, and Karen was just shutting him down. But now Karen is all gung-ho about this and Mike is the one shutting her down. So it's just funny how that, you know,
2: their arcs kind of switched a little bit. Right. But they kind of argue about it a little bit and... She wants to go to the toy store, and, and then she's like, well, why didn't you tell me you're the one that killed him? And he's like, look, I'm, I'm going to take you home. And he tells her on the way to the car, yeah, he threatened to kill me and Eddie Caputo. Well, Eddie Caputo's dead now. Right. So, maybe.
1: Which, if I'm Mike, I think my suspicions would have already started. You know, I, I might have gotten uneasy at that point. Something's
2: up. Yes. Maybe I still don't believe it's a doll, but right. there's something. You don't
1: weird have there. to believe it's a doll, but, t- you know, something fishy's going on at this point.
2: Yeah. And, you know, they get back to her apartment, and they're, they're talking... And he's like, "Well, did you you didn't find out anything?" And she's like, "Yeah, I found out that Chucky is Charles Lee Ray." And he's, Who? Like, he's like, "No." <laughs> so he's trying to kick her out of the car because he's he's taking her home, and now she won't get out. I know. And so he goes <laughs> and tells her where Charles Lee Ray's apartment was. <laughs> like, gives her the address. I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't like, think why anybody would, he would just do that. volunteer that information. Yeah. But now she won't get out of the damn car. Yeah, okay, now this part I
1: remember you were actually cracking up. Yes.
2: I just it's like she yeah, she closes the door and rolls the window up, but she didn't lock it. So he just opens the door and hauls her (laughs) out. And she wants to, why won't you believe me? Well, gee, lady, I don't know. Why won't he believe you? So then she chases him back around the car to the driver's seat. She's very dramatic. And she starts going on about how he doesn't like loose ends and I'm a loose end. And you can't just leave me alone because I'm crazy. Like,
1: I'm surprised she wasn't, like, throwing herself in front of the car, laying in the street. I mean, the lady was just fucking nuts.
2: She should have just laid down in front of a (laughs) wheel. You don't know where I've been, Lou. So Mike is finally able to disengage from the crazy woman and drive away. (laughs) And... And we cut back to his office where he's pulling some files and he he goes back out, gets in his car and begins to drive away. And as he's driving away, you know, he's listening to some really weird song on the radio (laughs) and it's, uh, I don't know. Every, we quit smoking a long time ago. Yeah. Every now and then I see somebody doing it. I'm like, (sighs) you get all Chandler about it. I know. (laughs) But then we see Chucky rise up in the back seat And he puts like a water hose around his neck. Is it a water hose? Or something. It's yellow and black. I can't really tell what it is. It's some kind of hose. But Mike's a badass because he pushes in the cigarette lighter because cars used to have those and sticks it to his face. So he lets go. And this is when you see a butcher knife come through the seat of the the seat back. Uh Uh-huh. So the dude's got some driving skills because like he's levitating and driving at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Which
1: I couldn't understand why he just didn't pull over.
2: uh, I don't know. But then he starts stabbing it through the bottom of the seat, which there's not a lot of space under there. He really
1: needs to get where he's going, obviously. How he
2: managed to wedge, how (laughs) Chucky managed to wedge himself and that giant knife under the seat and be stabbing it up, I don't know. But yeah, I don't... And at one point, Mike's like, he's got his... Like both feet up on the dash and the car's still going faster. I don't know. Well, but he's doesn't like Chucky, trying to hit the brake and not Chucky pedal push like, the
1: pedals. Like
2: breaks off. Yeah. And then Chucky's like crawls under the seat to the yeah. front and he's like holding the gas pedal down. So they go down an alley. Like it's very dramatic, this this thing. He, and finally they crash. And the car flips over, and it finally skids to a stop. So Mike is, is inside, and he's he's got a cut on his hand. And as he's trying to bandage it, Chucky attacks again with that knife. And he, like, tries to stab him a couple times, and then he runs away. And so Mike's like, got his gun out, and he's waiting. I don't know, it's kind of like a Jaws moment, like where the shark's going to attack, but you don't know which direction it's going to come from. And you kind of see Chucky running around on the outside here and there. And he's fucking with him at this point. Yeah, this is all just psychological warfare. But Mike's just kind of holding his ground, which is good. I'd be trying to get out of the car. Yeah, know. no shit. And this is like one of the only movies that you see where the car flips over and it doesn't explode. <laughs> right, right. So, so Chucky had left the knife stuck in like the A-pillar of the car. And you see him grab the knife. You just see his hand.
1: Now, did we establish that he... this is the knife from the goodbye... Goodbye. From the good guy's This one toy. is not. This
2: one's not. Okay. No, the one at the end, I think, is. But Chucky starts to come at him through the windshield with the knife and Mike shoots him in the chest. And, of course, it like, blows Sends him all him way. Yeah. And then Chucky runs away, and Mike breathes a sigh of relief. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I mean, day, he almost lost his nuts. So he almost lost. Yeah, he almost got a butcher knife in his butt. <laughs> so the next day, Karen is at Charles Lee Ray's apartment, and he's got some really bizarre art.
1: Yeah. Okay. So. This was the first time, and I've seen this movie a thousand times at least, but this was the first time I was paying attention to the wall art and I'm like, oh my God, is that a dong painted on there?
2: <laughs> there's a big green penis on the wall back yeah.
1: there. And now I'm like, thank God the kids never noticed that. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not like Clockwork Orange where there's dicks painted like in every other inch of the wall, but still it was like, it wasn't obvious to me. The other times i watched it until this time
2: yeah so she's kind of going around the room looking and then she sees um i don't know what to call it it's almost like a king willie painting <laughs> on the wall right see last she week's sees episode some words that says oh thank you mighty nabala for life after death yeah so she's really studying this although i don't know why this would mean anything to her but then you see someone approaching from behind and it's mike <laughs> <laughs> he's just being a creeper and he's like karen and of course she you know, jump scare. she freaks out, which I would too. I don't know, but he well, it's wants It's kind to know... of a creepy
1: apartment, isn't it? Yeah,
2: but he wants to know, uh, what are you doing here? And he says like, so last night after I dropped you off, I decided to go back and get the file. And I learned a couple things about Charles Lee Ray. It's, uh, his his nickname was Chucky. And he spent a lot of time with this guy. And he shows a picture of one of his things, which just happens to be the King Willie that's painted on the wall. Yeah, the and then dude.
1: now he's like, all we got to do is find him before Chucky does. And at no point does he ever tell her, oh, and by the way, he attacked me in my car yeah, last. Chucky he attacked
2: me and i shot him
1: like you were right so i mean don't give her any kind of vindication or anything
2: (laughs) right so we cut to king willie's apartment which is actually it's not he's not king Um, (laughs) willie he's credited as dr death on this but he calls him john yeah but as far as i can could find. That's the only thing he's credited at is uh, Ray Oliver as Dr. Death. So anyway, he's just having a normal day at his apartment. Looks like he's making some tea and Chucky shows up and he's like, Hey John, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's me Chucky. And you know, what do you think? So they kind of have a a conversation here and he's like, so thanks for teaching me this stuff. I
1: don't know what the original intention was for, for, you know, this spell or what it does. It obviously wasn't to transfer your soul into a doll. So I'm like, if, he, if he's an outrage against nature and, you know, this is big perversion of his lessons, it seems like, wouldn't it be anyway? Should it matter what he used it for? This whole thing is basically playing God. So right. I don't right. think anybody's a good guy in, uh-huh, uh, in this situation. I see what you did there. I see what I did there.
2: But he tells him, he's like, hey, last night I got shot and it hurt. And basically wants to know why. And he's like, well, the longer you spend in that form, the more human you'll become. Yeah. And he's like, so you got to get me out of this. Uh-huh. You got me into it. You need to get me out of it, even though technically he didn't get him into this. Like, Chucky, you did this to yourself. But he tells him, no, you're an abomination and I'm not going to help you. And he's like, you you perverted everything that I taught you and used it for evil. And you have to be stopped. So he runs into this other room and I don't know what he was going in there to get. Like he starts rummaging around on the mantle, and then he grabs a phone. Like I thought he was going for a weapon. Yeah, but
1: or maybe some magic hoodoo thing. Who was he? Who was
2: he going to call? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. <laughs> was he going to call the police and say I'm being terrorized by a doll? I mean, that would have given uh, Karen and Andy some credibility, right? But and then Mike would have been a, a true believer then if he's not already. But like just the fact that he ran for the phone instead of I don't know a gun doesn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, especially if he knows he's turning human and he knows how to stop him because he tells Karen in just a a couple of minutes. So it seems like if he knew how to stop him, why didn't he immediately do that? Maybe he doesn't have a gun.
2: Maybe not. Maybe not. But Chucky pops up behind him and he's got his own voodoo doll. He's like, you shouldn't shit over your people where you hide your mojo. Why would you do that? uh, Why would you make a voodoo doll of yourself? True facts. Yeah, true. Like period. Why would you make one of yourself? Maybe uh, he likes to hurt himself sometimes. Yeah. But then he's like, give me that. And he says, how do you want it? Broken leg? (laughs) And then.
1: Okay, I will tell you. When I did see this part, this actually, to me, was one of the scariest parts in the movie because the way the effects here are so good um, and then the sounds on top of that. Yeah, for me, this was a very scary scene when I was a kid.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think this was the scariest scene.
1: Well, no, not the scariest. The scariest part of the movie is coming up here in a little bit. Yeah. But it was one where I was like, son of a bitch, you know? Yeah, I don't know.
2: So Chucky's, you know, walking towards him. Of course, he's still got the voodoo doll and he's like, now how do I get out of this body? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you. So he breaks his arm. Again, don't make voodoo dolls of yourself. Just don't do it. And he's like, tell me where or die. Tell, or tell me how to get out of this body or die. And he pulls a knife out of his like little front, tiny front pocket, which how he got like a... <laughs> A buck knife in that tiny pocket? I have no idea. But this, I think, is the knife that must have come with the good guy thing. Because it's like red down the side. It looks like a toy knife, but it's a real yeah. knife. And John says, no, I'll tell you. And basically, he tells him, you have to transfer your soul into the first, into person. The first person that you told about your secret. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And Chucky finally puts it together. He's like, the first person I told is really alive. I get to be a six-year-old boy again? And he thinks it's hilarious, yeah. which I don't know that I would be super excited about that because that means you have to go through school all over again.
1: Well, I don't think Chucky would. But he probably would Going through puberty again? No, no, on the other hand. No, thanks. I'm good.
2: School would be really easy the second time around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. But anyway, and then he proceeds to stab John's voodoo doll anyway. And so then he along, says the John. very
1: weird line of, have a date with a six-year-old boy. Yes, <laughs> throughout the series, get he you has on some. List nowadays, <laughs> he has some very weird lines from this point on because, was in part three, he's like Chuck. He's gonna be a bro, and it's like, ah, oh, that that like so makes me cringe now.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut from there to a car pulling up and we don't know exactly where it's pulling up to just yet but karen and mike are both there they pile out he's got his little gumball going and they go running in and they're in john's apartment so i guess they're one step behind Jackie yeah. mm-hmm. and they run in to find john dying on the floor and
1: <laughs> sorry i'm already hearing john's voice in my head uh that the part where because you know she asks him or, or he tells her that he's got to save the child, bef- or she's got to save the Must child save before, the he, before he before he's before he can say the chant. And um, then he tells her like his heart is almost human, and it's, it's the only way is through the heart. Yeah, but it always cracks me up. It's, it's the only way through the heart.
2: So yeah, but she she he tells her that you got to stop him before he can say the chant. So I mean, now at least we kind of know how to kill him, sort of. So we go from there. To the hospital, and they've got Andy in prison. There's bars in the window. One thing I noticed about this, though, is that there's bars in the window, but no glass. Yeah. Like the window's open. It's cold as hell outside. Why is the window open? Are they torturing? Is this Guantanamo for little kids? (laughs) But he sees Chucky kind of like running up the fire escape or whatever outside, and he's Start screaming for help, and this is this is a pretty good acting. This this scene is completely heartbreaking. Which it makes me wonder: is this acting, or did they say some horrible shit to this kid to get this? Because those are real tears. Like this kid's having a real. I
1: believe I had heard that Tom Holland was a little mean with him in the scene. Like, if you don't get this right, you know.
2: Yeah. Like, because he like that's real crying that he's doing. He's gonna kill me. Yeah. I just.
1: Oh man, I. Okay, so I have said a hundred times, like, certain movies or certain scenes hit you different after you're a parent, but this was one that I saw before I was a parent, and that scene still fucking sucks. Like, his cry is so genuine and so realistic, and I'm guessing he was really crying, and just you can hear it in in his throat as he's crying and it's like oh my god would somebody please go fucking hug that boy like I I hope to god after that scene wrapped that somebody went and held him for just a minute or something because oh my god like you're gonna get like all the ice cream and all the happy meals and and everything after that at least I would so
2: yeah well I don't know I don't know how they drugged the performance out of this little boy in this in this segment right here maybe they fired a gun in front of him like in the
1: exorcist
2: I don't know <laughs> But the kid just nails it. So he's like sunk down in front of the door. And then we cut to Chucky looking through a window, which it's fucking, it's wintertime in Chicago. And the windows in all the buildings are open. So he sees, I guess it's an orderly in there. So he squeezes between the bars and steals the keys to the room. And then he goes and lets himself in to Andy's room. Now, Andy was not going to get caught off guard here. We see a lump on the bed. So Chucky pulls his good guy knife and he sneaks over there, crawls up, and when he yanks it back... It's a pillow. Chucky, or Andy, pulled one over on him. So then Andy comes scrambling out from under the bed and closes the door. Of course, Dr. Ardmore's, and he's like, hey, wait a minute, stop him. So they start chasing Andy. Of course, the window's still fucking open, so Chucky just goes out the window. So we get sort of a chase scene where Andy's just kind of running around the hospital, really looking for a place to hide. And he goes into, looks like some kind of treatment room, and starts trying to hide. But then Chucky is already in the room and jumps down on top of him and rolls away. So Andy grabs a scalpel. Oh.
1: Oh, again, poor thing, because he, I mean, he's little, he came and walk right? He's, like, falling down on shit and, like, stumbling and, like, it's, it's a hard thing to put somebody so tiny through. Yeah, but he keeps backing into shit. Yeah, like, you just really feel for him. Look behind
2: you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he's carrying a scalpel. Unfortunately, he didn't accidentally stab himself, but he really looks scared. Mm-hmm. in this sequence. But he's not he's not crying. And then Doctor Ardmore busts in and grabs him and makes <laughs> him let go of the scalpel. He's like, You don't need this anymore and
1: He's fixing know. an see. Yeah, Again, adults this just don't is, this listen is where, to kids. Yeah. Well, this is what I was saying earlier a few minutes ago that I have mixed feelings about Doctor Ardmore. With is they kind of set him up to be a dick, you know, like he doesn't believe him and he's fixing to inject him with something, obviously. But at the same time, you feel for him too because he's about to meet his demise by Chucky. But you're like. Okay, so yes, in any other situation, this story would be bullshit. This wouldn't really be happening. So at the end of the day, the guy is trying to help, and he is, you know, I mean, you tell you tell a little bit that he actually kind of feels for the boy a little bit, and he's well, trying to help. From and, his
2: end, he has no reason to believe that Chucky's real.
1: Right. So he's not a. He's not doing anything villainous necessarily, even though you do kind of feel like he is like, Oh, here's the big bad doctor, he's fixing to pump me up with stuff or whatever, but I don't know. Yeah. I just
2: yeah, I said mixed feelings on that scene. Yeah, so he's got Andy and he's he's trying to give him a shot. Presumably it's some kind of sedative. But we see Chucky grab the scalpel and, and you get the low POV of him kinda of sneaking around. And this is where he st- he stabs him like in the calf. I could tell if he stabbed him or if he cut his ACL. Either way. Oh, like,
1: I always thought it was a shot to the Achilles
2: tendon. Yeah, but that's uh, that's I don't know. It's kind of like a pet cemetery thing. That's just a cringe place to get injured. Yeah. Like I really don't like that. Yeah. So Doctor Ardmore falls down, and it, very quickly Chucky hooks him up with some electroshock therapy and turns that thing all the way up and just cooks him. Which I thought it's funny because there's one shot. The effects are good. You know, it shows blood coming out of his mouth and blood in his eyes and. But happened it, that but way then when it cut i have no idea but it was good either way but then when it cuts away and you see the dr ardmore's lying there dead there's no blood in his eyes anymore like there was when he was dying but then the actual death scene it's like they i didn't notice separated that separated him. or something weird. yeah it's kind of an interesting choice i guess so mike and karen finally arrive at the children's hospital and of course mike's partner jack is already there and they want to know what happened and we find out that andy's gone And Dr. Ardmore is dead. But I think that Andy did it, right? That Mm -hmm. Andy's the one that fried Dr. Ardmore to a crisp and then escaped.
1: Which, how a kid would know how to
2: operate uh, one of those machines is beyond me. Uh, Yeah. And then Mike asks him, Chucky, have you seen Chucky anywhere? And Jack's like, who's Chucky? He's like, it's the doll. It's the same (laughs) one from the house. Have you seen anything? And he's like, what am I going to know about a doll? And Mike leaves and Jack's like, where are you going? And of course, he just ignores the shit out of him, grabs Karen. But she was talking to a little girl and she says that she saw Chucky there and that he was looking for Andy, and she puts it together. She's like, I always told him to go home if he was in trouble. So let's go back to my apartment. So sure enough, Andy has gone back to the apartment. He, I guess he managed to ditch Chucky somehow along the way. And he moves this big ass rug so that he can scoot a bench in front of the door. <laughs> which, I, good job, kid. Like, you're trying. He, <laughs> I he is.
1: He's, he makes himself a solid little barricade there. Yeah,
2: he throws a sled on top of it. And then these, we cut to these two old people getting in the elevator. She's like, look, George, some child left their doll in the elevator. And, I love this scene. And the old guy tells her, just leave it there. They'll come back for it. And the old lady looks back as they're getting out, and she goes, ugly doll. And it's kind of funny. As, as the elevator goes up, Chucky goes,
0: fuck you. <laughs>
2: fuck you. So Andy has now, I guess he feels like he's barricaded the front door well enough. So he goes into his room and climbs into his closet, which I don't know why they love the louvered door. Closet doors in movies so much because it's like, hey, that's the Halloween closet, right? But the elevator stops, and of course, we see it from the bottom. The gate opens, and we see Chucky come out. He's Santa Claus towards the apartment. Yeah, sort of.
1: Well, I mean, here in a minute. Sorry, you hadn't got there yet, but <laughs> no, not yet.
2: So Andy's hiding, and he's he's looking at his toys. And I thought this is a bad time to be playing, kid. But then he <laughs> reaches over there and he grabs this remote control car now there was originally a cut of this movie or originally scripted part of this movie where he straps the good guy knife to a remote control vehicle and uses it to stab chucky uh-huh and then they cut it which Not is good because i was
1: gonna say i can see why
2: that's cheesy as hell but yeah he even examines the remote control I do and it makes me wonder like did they actually shoot that scene but he finally yeah. grabs this tiny little baseball bat <laughs> so back in the living room yeah Chucky does his Santa Claus bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he comes
2: sliding down and kicks the spark screen out of the way. But Andy's waiting for him. He's got his tiny baseball bat. he Really? That, to...
1: that seemed like a full-size bat. Is it a tiny bat? I can't <clears> remember. <throat> I thought it was a oh, full-size bat. No,
2: no, no. It's it's a little bitty, but... <laughs> because he knocks the shit
1: out of Andy with that.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's wood, but yeah. it's, it's like 18 inches long. <laughs> it's a tiny bat. Well, it's not a full-size... Like, it's not a grown up size bat. Okay. It's like a t-ball bat. Okay, Andy. gotcha. It just looks tiny. Anyway, so... Andy has emerged from his room. He's got his bat. Chucky's got his knife. When Chucky jumps out and yells, surprise, and Andy full-on takes a swing at him, he misses. But, damn, he took his shot. So, he dropped the bat. I don't know why he dropped the bat, but he just takes off running as Chucky's chasing him through the house. And In typical Final Girl fashion, he falls down. But he manages to recover. And I guess if you were going to say that there was a point in the movie that does get kind of scary, it's this one. Where... Chucky is sort of stalking him through the house and we don't know where Chucky is, Mm -hmm. but then he pops up behind him and with the bat, he says, batter up and clocks Andy over the head with it. Yeah. Outside, Mike and Karen finally get there. Took them forever. I don't know what the hell takes these people so long to get anywhere. It's Chicago. Yeah. Sure
1: traffic is bad.
2: But as they're making their way upstairs, Chucky's basically about to have his way with Andy and he puts, (laughs) (laughs) well, you know, they've had those things the whole time. So he puts his hand on his head and he starts to chant. And it just kind of goes back and forth of them running upstairs Uh because I guess the elevator doesn't work anymore. And they're running upstairs and and Chucky is doing the chant. So outside, clouds start to build up again Uh and the thunder and all the stuff. And he's, give me the power, I beg of you. And at this point, you'd think that Mike would recognize that for what it is. And at some point, they do get high enough where they see a skylight. And Mike's like, okay, there's like that spark of recognition, even though he can't necessarily hear what charles lee ray is saying but the chant continues and they're just they're racing for the apartment only to be basically foiled by the fact that andy barricaded the door (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah. But if I remember so it right, it doesn't take them that long. That it doesn't bust take them through. that long. but It, it does. Interrupt. It would have
2: been effective for Chucky, though. It would have. But it does interrupt Chucky for just a second because he stops while they're pounding on the door trying to get in. And they. Karen runs in, grabs Chucky, and he bites her on the neck. So Mike grabs, grabs him and throws him away. And then Chucky runs over there and slashes Mike on the leg. Uh-huh. And apparently it was really bad because it totally incapacitates him. It looks like he's been shot in the ass or something because he's (laughs) like, just take care of Andy. Okay, to
1: be fair, though, he doesn't just sit here. He does get up and... You he know. does.
2: He does get up and go do some stuff, but I think it's
1: not till he's also clocked with the bat yeah. that he's down after that.
2: But Karen's, you know, trying to get Andy to wake up as as Mike's making his way through the apartment looking for Chucky, and he's got his gun, so you know he's feeling pretty good. He's feeling strong, like he's fixing to square up <laughs> with this little doll. But again, this is this is kind of one of those where's the killer, you know, and this is. In Halloween, this is the part that I like. I don't know that I necessarily care for this element in this type of movie, but in the Halloween movies, when you know that Michael's there, but you don't know where he is, and the the protagonist doesn't know where he is, that's the part I like. This one, it's a little eh. But yeah, Chucky appears out of a doorway with the bat and just clocks Mike knocks him out. But Karen somehow has her own gun. I don't know where she got a gun. Was it his gun? No, Mike gave her the gun. Okay.
1: Yeah, Mike gave her the gun whenever he said, just take care of Andy. He said, take this. That's
2: that's right. Because he had one on his ankle holster. Uh So she shoots Chucky. He drops the bat and then just like chases her down. They're having a fight in front of the fireplace. And he must be one strong ass little doll. But she manages to fling him into the fireplace and flip the spark screen up so he can't get out. So now he's in Chucky jail. (laughs) (laughs) inside the fireplace and she's like trying to hold the thing and and reach up to the mantle i guess to get the matches and she's trying to get andy to come help her she can't reach the matches
1: sorry you had to to say (laughs) chucky jail and i and i went back to this place in my head whenever uh we had play pens for the for the kids and we put them in there and used to call them baby jail (laughs) Sorry, that just took me right out of this for a minute.
2: Those are baby jails. <laughs> yep, those are baby jails. Portable baby prisons. <laughs> but anyway, so behind the screen, Chucky is just losing his shit. Like, he's going nuts back there. However, there is, at one point, it shows a, a segment where... And this is just something that I thought was funny, where he's kind of freaking out behind there. And she's trying to hold it, but it shows it at just an angle where you can see the puppeteer's hand coming up through the bottom of the fireplace. Huh. And (laughs) it was kind of funny.
1: I just thought it was funny when she's struggling for the matches. And she's like, Andy, the matches, the matches. And he's just standing there like,
2: "But." What are matches? (laughs) But yeah, there's a segment there where you can see the puppeteer's arm sticking up through the bottom of the fireplace (laughs) banging a Chucky doll against the screen but anyway I have to look for that next time Andy finally gets his shit together and comes over there with a match and turns the gas on and she wedges a, a piece of firewood up there and Chucky looks at me he's like we're friends to the end remember
1: okay so my question is here if this is clearly a propane fireplace do you really need well, wood in order for it to eh,
2: maybe they just did that for the smoke or for the smell in this instance where she's just trying to burn him does she need a piece of wood no 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 she uses it to to brace the screen so he oh, can't get out. right 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 yeah no okay, no she okay, uses okay, it as a brace like you Breaks the door with a chair. Okay, but yeah. So Chucky tells him we're gonna order friends to the end, and I actually kind of like this. (laughs) And he goes, "This is the end, friend He's
1: straight up vicious as fuck,
2: and drops the match (laughs) in there, setting Chucky on fire. And he continues to kind of freak out. Only now it's more pain. But he knocks the screen down because she did a shit job of barricading that thing up there. And so he's like a little flaming bonfire running around the kitchen or around the living room, and crawls up on the couch and then falls down. And Andy and Karen just kind of stand there and watch as he flops around, which how he didn't set the whole damn apartment on fire. I have no idea. Because you should have had like molten plastic dripping off of him and and setting the carpet, the couch, everything. He should have, I don't know. But anyway, movie stuff. The fire finally burns out and you're just left with a charred, blackened, Chucky remnant, I guess. there on the floor. So Karen grabs Andy and runs back into the bedroom where Mike's finally waking up so that he can be useful again. (laughs) And she tells Andy, go get the first aid kit under the kitchen sink really fast. Which that kid ain't done anything fast in this whole movie. So I don't know why she <laughs> think it changed change now. And then Mike, he sits up for a second and then he just lays back down. Like he's, I don't know, he's had a hard day. He ran <laughs> up some stairs and he got cut on the leg. But Andy goes to get the, the first aid kit. And when he turns around with it, he sees that Chucky's gone. There's a, there's a little flaming thing on the carpet, but Chucky's not there.
1: Yeah.
2: And this part, I can He goes to run to get his mom.
1: This part I can sympathize with a little bit, where he it, it mostly happens in dreams, I guess. When you're trying to tell somebody something, or you're trying to scream. And Laurie Strode has a very similar moment in Halloween too, where she sees Loomis headed for the hospital. She's lying in the parking lot and she's trying to scream for help, but the words won't come out. And Andy's basically doing the same thing, like "Mommy, Chucky's gone." Like he can't, he can't quite. Pull himself out of it yeah. to
2: to scream. But as Andy goes to run away to or run towards his mother, Chucky sticks a foot out and trips him up in the hallway. And then we cut to see Chucky standing there, all he is burned fucked and fucked up. Looks like he's got earthworms hanging out of one eye socket. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> he's got his knife and he's and just And this is a fucking amazing shot
1: too of him just looming
2: over him slowly stalking forward and then Andy finally gets it together and runs into the room where his mom was into the into the bedroom and she is trying to hold the door shut but you can see when Andy, when Chucky's uh hand is in in the door there's metal in there. Yeah. Who made this damn doll?
1: I know well we were talking about the matchbox cars earlier like clearly all toys were made of metal in the
2: 80s. Like this is this was like a he they built this thing as a weapon for <laughs> something. he's, he's it's it, is this like a T100 like a mini one T1000 yeah whatever the argument <laughs> No, what was oh, Arnold? He was T-800. Arnold's T-800, T-800 yeah. yeah. So it's like a tiny... Maybe it was a T-100. This was a prototype. <laughs>
1: but... But, and again, she's struggling, trying to get this door shut, and Andy's just standing there, again, just like, Buh. like, yeah. completely dazed. Like, don't go help or anything. And, uh, and that would be... I'm sorry. I, I said, I'm I'm the nicer parent, but at this point, I'd be like, get over here and fucking help me!
2: <laughs> He's six. How much help is he really going to be?
1: Well, I mean, something. Anything.
2: Uh, I don't know. But you had talked about the... Very, the scenes that you like, were Chucky's moving and all that stuff. They had tons of different people work on this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a whole bunch of different. Like sometimes Chucky's a puppet. Sometimes you can see the puppeteer's arm sticking up through the fireplace. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, there was animatronic. There were they had little Chucky's, people in a series. There were static shots. Like there were there were a ton of different dolls that they used for different things. Uh huh. Um, I want to say they had like nine operators for the animatronics yeah. and then one of them for his facial expressions they actually had an actor wear one of those motion not uh-huh. motion capture because Yeah, I know what you mean. There. That kind of would capture, It's. I guess it was more like a, a headset that would yeah. capture his facial movements and to Alex, translate them to Chucky. And Alex's sister yeah. even played Chucky yeah. at one point.
1: And they, they shot all that using forced perspective where they built all the sets bigger than what they actually were to give the appearance that this was a small Yeah, doll. you had like oversized
2: so, couches and oversized furniture. You can
1: tell a little. But if somebody didn't point it out to you, I don't know that you would really notice that much. No. Once, once you know about it, then yes, you can see it. But it's still very effective, like, because I've watched all these documentaries, um, we're it just shows how many people it takes to operate eyebrows or how many people it takes to move hands. Like, it's it's really amazing. And um, Kevin Yeager did some brilliant work for this puppet. He really
2: puppet. Did. He did. They did a great job. And I think in this one, they pioneered some of the some of the, the effects in terms of animatronics and puppetry that would be used, not just in the Child's Play series going forward, but in other movies as well. Yeah. So this was... This marked sort of a leap forward in animatronics and puppeteering, I think. Right. In this movie. And of course... Nothing had been done like this before, so they had to really go outside the box to come up with new ways to make this look good and be sort of believable.
1: Yeah, and of course, Kevin Yeager also went on to do the Crypt Keeper puppet for Tales from the Crypt, and if you've never noticed before, if you look at the Crypt Keeper's eyes, he has the same exact eyes as Chucky does.
2: Does he really? Yeah,
1: it's it's pretty cool. I've never noticed that.
2: Yeah. So. Chucky gives up trying to kick the door down, and he's, like, making his way around. I guess they have one of those pass-through bathrooms, because he comes around, now he's trying to get in that door, but you have to pull that door open, so that one's going to be a little harder. I don't know why he would go for that, but he seems to give up there for just a second, and then he starts stabbing through the door with his good guy knife, which... Why did they give the kid a, a real knife? Why would you put I mean it, it looks like it's from it looks like a toy like I said. But he starts stabbing through the door and kind of working his way over and Karen like can't get far enough away and then he finally gives up. And you see him, the 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 short POV, the low POV, moving through the house where he just runs around and goes back to the other door, and she's not fast enough to get over there. So
1: yeah, they just keep making a loop around the apartment.
2: Yeah. So now they're they're just running. Karen and Andy are trying to run away, and Chucky's stalking them. And, and if she's
1: had the gun this whole time, why didn't she attempt to shoot him? Well, this is not before. the same gun
2: that she had before. Oh, okay. Um, this is. I believe, Mike's revolver that he had in his ankle holster. But as Chucky's coming towards him down the hallway, she starts shooting with this revolver. And she finally hits him in the head and shoots his head off. And then she hits him again and blows his right arm off. But he just keeps coming. And then she blows his left leg off. And this is where he falls over. Chucky fucking commits. (laughs) Well, here's the thing that I don't understand is that when he attacked Norris and Norris shot him in the chest... And then later when he's talking to John, he says, it even bled a little. Uh Uh-huh. Nothing here bleeds. You know, I hadn't noticed that. Like, if she blew his head off, there should have been blood. And there's one point where she shoots where he got shot earlier, and it just shows stuffing.
1: Yeah. Well, there is blood later, but yeah, at this point, yeah. At
2: this point right here, it feels like we should be seeing some blood maybe coming out of Chucky's torso. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. But there's nothing, so I don't. I feel like they do that better later in the series. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say there's definitely an inconsistency, you know, as far as how long it takes the dolls to be to p- become human. Because in this one, it it's very gradual as it goes. But when by the time you get to stuff like Seed of Chucky, those dolls are automatically like. There's a scene where a guy checks Tiffany's back for uh, to see what's you know if her. Puppet stuff is still working, or whatever. And sh- you just see rib cage and blood and all that stuff underneath that. Like she was human from jump as yeah. soon as the soul went in there. So, yeah, very inconsistent throughout the
2: series. Yeah. So, Karen and Andy, and I don't know why she lets Andy follow her, they sort of advance on Chucky's torso, which is still like crawling <laughs> around. <on laughs> He's the a ground. stump. <laughs> so, she goes up there and shoots it again. And again, it's just a puff of stuffing with no blood at all when she shoots it in the back. And she keeps pulling the trigger because she can't figure out that it's out of bullets. <laughs> and then you hear the partner Jack say, "What's going on here?" Because she's just standing there, dry firing a gun. But they go back into the bedroom where Mike is, and he's sitting there, still being relatively useless with his wounded leg.
1: You don't just and, leave him <laughs> alone. You leave Mike alone.
2: And Jack gets on the gets on the phone, and he calls the police, and he's like, "Hey, you know, we got a we need some, we need some units, right? We got an emergency, an officer injured at the Brewster Apartments." So he's talking to him, and he's like hey, Chucky's here and he almost killed us. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? And he's like, you don't believe me? Go look out in the hallway. But don't touch it. Right? He emphasizes that. Don't touch one part of the doll. And he's like, okay, relax. <laughs> I know.
1: I know. This part always kills me. Relax
2: yourself. <laughs> yeah, Frankie says, relax. <laughs> and he goes out there, and shirt up. He sees the severed head and... He thinks this is funny. He thinks this is a big joke. Like, what? <sighs> he automatically starts fucking with it. The thing that I don't understand about this is that... You, Mike's obviously not a guy with a sense of humor. Right. So why would he think that Mike's fucking with him right now? Exactly. Like Mike's about as straight-laced as they get. Uh Uh-huh. And if Mike's a true believer, at the very least you would exercise whatever caution.
1: Like if this guy's freaking out, maybe there's
2: something to it. Because at no point during this movie does he give you the impression that he's a guy that freaks out real easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he immediately sees the severed head and goes over and decides he's going to poke at it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We're going to poke it with a stick. And then he picks it up because don't touch it, so I'm going to pick it up. And he's like laughing about it, kind of like carrying it around and, you know, kind of playing with it a little bit. And he brings it back in. And I love the look on Andy's face when he brings the doll in. And he's and like, he, <laughs> Andy's like, you going to die, fucker. <laughs> and he's like, okay, Mike, take a look at this thing. And he sets it on top of the TV. There's no way this thing's alive. And Mike's like, I told you not to touch it. And he's like banging on its head and stuff. And about this time, Chucky's body comes popping out of a vent next to him surprise motherfucker and grabs him by the throat with okay i'm sorry
1: hand. but this does look a it does look a little ridiculous it does look a little bit ridiculous because it, you wouldn't think that that tiny little hand would go across his throat enough to actually strangle him
2: <laughs> yeah and the dialogue because the head comes alive <laughs> kill him strangle him don't let go kill him like just repeating the same shit over and over again but they managed to pry the body off and throw it and chucky's head is alive and you see this one-armed one-legged flying purple peep leader whatever like flopping around and it grabs the curtains and chucky's head saying kill them kill them all and karen tells mike shoot it in the
1: heart i know she had him in the hallway and at no point did she attempt to shoot him in the heart then
2: he takes the gun that she handed him that is no bullets left in it
1: oh i didn't think about that
2: <laughs> and shoots him through the heart and this time you get blood with yeah. a big blood spray but a minute and a half ago when she shot him in the back in the hallway it was just stuffing
1: yeah i will say that the part of the stump the burnt stump just trying to stand it is kind of creepy like
2: it is th-
1: this for me is where the movie is i mean as ridiculous as him trying to choke santos is it's still kind of creepy
2: yeah I, I don't know. This is, this is the Chucky that I like, uh-huh. like where he's like relentless and, and talking shit at the same time. So I'm, I'm in for this, <laughs> but I agree the whole concept of him taking this tiny doll hand and, and choking Santos. Like, I don't just know. <laughs> it's not, it's not a thing except that it was metal. Like if he'd have been clawing at his throat, Maybe, that would have been yeah. different, but yeah. he wasn't, he was choking him. Cause he's the lakeshore strangler right i don't know but you cut to jack and jack's like holding his throat just looking at it like
0: i can't believe that just fucking happened is it dead
1: i i've <laughs> never understood it either I, the only thing i can i i have been able to justify this with is that with him being a supernatural being maybe he has supernatural strength as well
2: yeah so you, you go we go back and we're looking at the chucky torso <laughs> like sort of slumped against the wall and it's still kind of moving and I swear there's a part where the dying doll gives everybody the finger (laughs) but (laughs) he finally finally stops moving
1: oh my god and this is like this part legitimately creeps me the fuck out yeah because that burnt ass head and that one functioning eyeball and he says hi I'm Chucky and it starts in his voice but then it goes off into the child's voice hi I'm Chucky wanna play yeah that's so fucking creepy dude like oh uh, i can't this this was okay i'm go- going to admit so that most of this movie i did not find scary but this scene with the head and that voice that's the point where we get to the end of the movie and now i'm fucking creeped out yeah, that was a that was an excellent choice.
2: So after the Chucky's head winds down, Mike's got this like, I don't know, I don't I don't even know how to explain the look on his face. He's just, it's kind of like fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even know what to do with this. And he looks at his partner Jack and he says, "You believe me now?" And Jack's like, "Yeah, but who's gonna believe me?" Which is fair. And I. I am on board with that. He's like, But yeah, look on everybody's face like, what the hell kind of day is this? Yeah, what the fuck just happened? Like, like, I don't even know. Like, where do I file this this day? Like, worst day ever? I don't know. But you hear sirens in the coming in where he had called for backup and they got there pretty fast, all things considered, because only a few minutes passed in this. So they help Mike up. And they're like, all right, here we go. So everybody leaves the room except for Andy. And Andy's just kind of frozen there looking at Chucky's burnt, severed head and his burnt, shot up body. And Karen comes in and she's like, come on, we're going to go to the hospital with Mike. So she leads him out the door. And as he reaches back to close the door, we get a freeze frame of him like giving Chucky's body the side eye through a crack. And that's where the movie ends. Yeah, that is
1: actually a pretty creepy ending.
2: It's that's a decent, decent ending. I'll take that.
1: Yeah, and seeing that doll head just laying in the dark and just staring at you, it's like, oh. So. And then you get the creepy-ass music on top
2: of that. So, what do you think about this movie?
1: Okay, so, I know you feel differently than I do, but I, uh, this movie it does hold a special place for me. It's not the first one I ever saw. I saw part two first, which to me is the superior movie and probably my favorite in the entire series. But that being said, this is a... This is still a movie I grew up with. We used to quote it all the time when we were kids. There is still, for me, this is the most legitimately scary one out of this, the entire series. I know that you disagree with that, but I, I still have a fun time. And it's mostly because we I have passed this along to our kids. And this is one of Isabel's favorite franchises. And I can still watch this with her and she will quote it and she will, you know. So for me... Yes, I do. And if you, I really think, I mean, because this is 1988, if you haven't seen this movie at this point, it feels weird. Like if somebody hasn't, I mean, unless like you, you just don't have a background in horror movies. But if you've never seen it, if you're curious about starting the series, don't start in the middle. Start with this one, obviously. Um, If you get to the point where you've never seen any of the movies, but you're thinking about trying the TV series you're not gonna have that background that you need in order to get into something like that. So there's a few in this series that you probably could skip, although it there are references to it in the TV show, but there are still some that I feel like you could probably just skip because they're not wonderful. We do get to the point of doing Halloween Resurrection where we've got to have our a rapper in a prominent role. And by the time they get to see to Chucky, I'm just like, fuck this series. But it, it quickly redeemed itself in curse and maybe not so much cult. Cult kind of went off in the deep end again a little bit. But uh, this one for sure. This is this is a watch, I would say. Travis, what do you think? Give me eyes over here. Like
2: hurry up and stop talking woman. So I like Chucky as a movie monster, but this is not my favorite one of the Series, I think, which is not—I think the only one where I like the very first movie the best is Halloween. Because if you look at, like, Friday the Thirteenth, the first one's not my favorite, but it's not the first one I saw. In this one, this this edition or this entry is not my favorite, but it's not the first one I saw. I'm pretty sure the first Child's Play movie I ever saw was Bride of Chucky because I think you had me watch it while we were dating, and so it's it's been a long time since I saw that one. But I think the problem that I have with this one is that because Bride of Chucky is the one I saw first, I expected to see Chucky from the very beginning of the movie doing Chucky stuff, and you know the dialogue and the I don't know funny, funny murderous Chucky. And you really don't get this, because you don't see him until, like, being Chucky until nearly halfway through the movie. So, I think that's it for me. It just, this one just feels like a slow start. Now, once he's in it, I'm good. You know what I mean? It just feels like the first part of this movie kind of drags. Or It does for me, because I just don't buy the tension, you know? Like, there's some movies where you want to watch it for the tension or the suspense or whatever. And there's some movies that you watch just because you want to see the the killer kill people. (laughs) I don't know. I know how that sounds, but you know what I mean? Like... It's like, you watch the Friday, the or not Friday the 13th. You watch Nightmare on Elm Street for Freddy. You know what I mean? You don't necessarily watch it for the other characters in it. You want to see Freddy on screen doing Freddy stuff. And it's the same thing for me, anyway, on this one. I want to have Chucky on screen saying crazy shit to people and... stabbing him through the back of the car seat with a butcher knife I, you know mm-hmm. that's just me now having said that this is um this is a series where you kind of have to see this one to see the rest of them yes so this one's not my favorite i would say that probably part three is my least favorite the one where they're in the military school mm-hmm. uh, even though chucky is on screen more i just don't care for that one but i think this is definitely a watch if you intend to watch any of the rest of them because you have to have this one to get the background mm-hmm. so i i still give it a watch like, it's still a good movie even if it's not my favorite it's still i can see why people like it it's just not the one for me. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel about that.
1: That's all you have to say about that. That's all I
2: had to say about that.
1: <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you again for bearing with us while we are sick and having our sick voices. My, ne- my
2: sinuses are all jacked up. So if you hear all the heavy breathing, <laughs> it's because I can't breathe.
1: <laughs> Neither one of us have the sexy phlegm. So <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being with us and, you know, listening to us while we sound like we've smoked three packs a day for 20 years. But next week we're going to be coming back and we're going to be going right back into Halloween territory because. We just couldn't couldn't wait. We couldn't wait to talk about Halloween Kills, and so that's what we're going to do.
2: So I think the day that we do that, I'm going to spend the whole day saying Evil Dies Tonight leading up <laughs> to when we, when we record. I think that'll be fun.
1: Evil Dies Tonight. <laughs> but
2: I'm looking forward to that one, and then uh, they put Candyman, the new one, up for purchase. Yes, finally. Fuck. It. So now that it's available for everyone, anyone can get it And you know, I mean, it's not like restricted just to theaters. At some point, probably in the... Almost near future, we're going to cover that one as well. Yes. So. Yeah.
1: I'll um, I'll get a post going out on our social media, what our schedule is going to look like. Probably, I guess, for the next month or so, or at least the rest of this month. But yeah, definitely stay tuned for Halloween Kills next week. Probably prom night the week after that. Followed by probably Candyman. Well, so. no,
2: Prom Night was a suggestion.
1: Yes, Prom Night so. was a suggestion for our friend of the show, Karima. That was, she gave us a list to go by and we're going to tackle those as much as we can. And thank you, Karima, very much for your suggestions. And if anybody else has any suggestions, like, give them. We're game.
2: Well, Prom Night's going to be interesting because I've never seen that one before. Yeah. I've never watched
1: Prom I've Night, only so. watched it twice. It's, it's... I'll be honest, it's not one of my favorites, but yeah. you know, maybe I need to go in with
2: fresh eyes and... Well, it might turn out to be one of mine because I, like I said, I have no preconceptions of what this movie is going to be about other than clearly a prom is involved in, and <laughs> I think Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Yes. But you can find that out by looking at the cover, so...
1: <laughs> well, there is a remake, but we're not discussing the remake. We're doing the original one? Yes, the original. Yeah.
2: So that'll be interesting for me because, I don't know, I like seeing movies that I've never seen before. Yeah. Cool. Even, sometimes they're great. Sometimes, you know,
1: yeah. but
2: <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. like seeing new stuff. So yeah. this would be a good deal for me. Cool. Oh.
1: Anyway, well, I guess that's going to wrap it up for us this week, guys. So we'll see you next week. Adios.
2: Bye. Hey, Ashley. So what would people do if they're enjoying the show and they want to leave us a review?
1: You'd review the show on your favorite platform, but that's just me. But who are you? I'm Spooky Mom 83 You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm not going to direct you to Facebook because I hate it.
2: <laughs> and I guess that makes me L 80 on Twitter. Just don't expect a lot.
1: Yeah, you're not really big on the social stuff.
2: I'm socially inept. <laughs>
1: That's true. But if you guys want to reach out, tell us what your favorite movie is. Got any requests, any questions, stuff like that. You know, they
2: can just stop in and say hi.
1: They can just stop in and say hi. I will say hi. 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 Hello there. <laughs> but seriously, guys, feel free to reach out to us on all of our social media platforms.
2: So they can kind of just stop in for whatever they want.
1: And tell Travis why he's the better of the two, obviously.
2: Please. Please do that. <laughs> Till next time, guys. Later. Bye.